1: About one of the greatest meta horror uh, films of all time. First, Josh has to make a bunch of forced comedy in the beginning that's a part of the show, whether it's funny from week to week or not. Second, Mike needs to mispronounce basic English words because he's reading directly from the show notes. Third, Patrick needs to remind us all again that he doesn't really like horror movies. And don't forget, last but not least, Joel in the second half of the show needs to ask, are we calling spoilers on this? Despite (laughs) the fact that we've pretty much done, had the same answer to that
2: question for the last two years.
3: So are we calling spoilers on this one? (laughs) So
2: meta. (laughs) Well, if that doesn't give it away, we're talking about Scream. I thought it was Fight Club. Shut up. Uh, Scream 1, back in 1996, and Scream 4 in, what, what year? 2011. 2011, yeah.
4: wow. I just got kind of sad. I just realized we could never do a show about Fight Club, because you don't talk about Fight Club.
2: Obviously, uh, you uh, haven't been paying mm-hmm. attention. I don't know why I take you people anywhere. <laughs> <sighs>
3: what,
4: pair with Fight Club, anyway.
3: Are we doing this now, Patrick? Really?
4: No. <laughs> no, this is not <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got distracted. You talked about Fight Club. I love that You movie. know
1: what we are doing now? We're talking about the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network.
4: <laughs> ah!
2: All the subtlety Oops. of being kicked down a hill.
1: <laughs> guess that was a bit of a reach.
4: <laughs> Not as bad as last week's. You know where else you can get awkward pauses? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, but,
1: yes, you can find us and other geeky shows on the Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Uh, such great shows such as The Comic Roast. The bearded roast. Wait, there's two roasts. What? (laughs) Sons of the Renaissance, Red Horse Radio. No, the 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 fight close podcast. Yeah, those aren't roasts.
4: Oh, (laughs) the
1: roast of Flavor Flav. (laughs) Roast. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And of course, the left left field sports sports lounge. Yay! (laughs) Left field sports (laughs) Sports roast.
2: (laughs) And if you are out roasting things on uh, Saturday about noon, you can find our show on Geek Life Radio. Streaming at noon while you roast.
4: Go- <laughs> while you roast your goat, in and tribute. if you're
2: looking for some older roasts, you can find them roast. on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and Talk Roast. Talk shoe, sorry. Live animal sacrifice.
1: Yeah, our entire archive is up at Talk Shoe right now, and uh, Mike's made some more progress on the others. So uh,
2: yeah, we're we're approaching the 30s now you guys love.
4: ignoring me as I talk about animal sacrifice? Is that what's yes. going on here? Yeah,
2: we were. Right. We were. Okay. If you'd like to call us and uh, talk to us about animal sacrifice, feel free. <laughs> call us at 708 now wrap. That's 708-669-9727. You're- Everyone but Charlie. Yes.
4: Uh, well, actually, he's probably our expert, so never mind. I'll stop talking about animal sacrifice now. I don't know what got me started on that. Thanks, Abel. Oh, roasting. That's what got me started. <laughs> Sorry. I might be babbling. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
3: For once, it wasn't me.
2: Takes a second to cue it up. Yeah, wow. <laughs> we got a whole three minutes before he showed up.
4: Take the second to roast a goat, too. <laughs> Shut up, Patrick. So,
1: uh, Josh, we got any voicemails? Yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, uh, let's uh, let's start with this one.
0: Hey, guys. Justin Portland here. i uh been going through some notes. I, I, as weird as it sounds, I sometimes take notes when I'm listening to podcasts. But I can call me voicemail for them later. And I had forgotten to do one for your guys' road trip episode. Um, you guys talk about road trip experience and things you've done, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was on a road trip once with my, uh, well, now ex-wife. And we were at, down at the beach with some friends. And we were heading back to the beach. And it, as it turns out, I had to eat something that didn't agree with me. And I really needed to use the restroom. So I was going faster than the posted speed limit on the road, um, which my friend took as me wanting to race them. And so the next thing I know, I'm in this quote unquote street race that I didn't know I was participating in, as we're going through these just uh roads between um the, the beach and, and Portland here. And as we crash this one hill, my my uh, my uh, radar detector starts going crazy just in time to see a state trooper head in the other direction. Um uh, before I know it, he spins around, pulls us both over, adds it on the side of the road, and then forest runs. The Whole thing, you know, life registration, yada yada yada. Uh, goes back, runs their paperwork, everything's clear as far as that's concerned. Decides to let my friend go, but keeps me on the side of the road because it starts to interrogate me and ask me weird questions. Um, like, you know, what are you doing? What have you been doing? You've been drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it was, I felt it was kind of strange for the fact that, you know, he said everything came clear as far as the lights, paperwork went. Um, in my state of trying not to shit my pants, I was, I was not really, you know, thinking clearly. Um, anyways, long story short, we sit on the side of the road about fifteen minutes. He lets us go. I take off, get down to the next different place where I can stop, go do my business, come out, and my friend's like, "Yeah," she said. You know, the cop said that he held you there because you were acting super nervous. And I thought back on it. I'm like, "Oh, you know, I was actually you know sweating a little bit, and um, and I, I guess I was showing all the physical signs of somebody who might be hiding something." So luckily, he didn't. He decided not to tear my car apart on the side of the road and search it or anything. But um, yeah, so that was one of my uh, now road trip experiences. You know, so always make sure that if you're going to eat something. And hope that, you know, just really hope that it doesn't disagree with you when you're between rest stops because that's no fun, especially if a cop pulls you over. Anyways, yeah, so almost shoot my pants because of the cop. That was awesome. All right, guys. Love the show. Keep doing what you do. Bye.
3: Did anyone else, when he first started telling that story, think he said, My, my friends thought I wanted to rape
0: them?
2: <laughs> uh, no. No. No, no, that, no that's one thought what that. I heard. No. Nah. Let's do you...
3: it again. That's what he says.
2: No, no. See, no. Exactly what I was hoping it would end with him being frisked and shitting all over the cop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the first thing I would have said is like, I, "I'm sorry, do whatever you need to with the paperwork." But the only reason I was speeding is because I really, really got a poop. Yeah, and even if the cop, yeah, even if the cop hadn't believed me, he might have laughed and let let me go on the spot. I mean, yeah. not let me go on the spot. But, <laughs> yeah.
4: There's a bush over there. Uh,
2: and I know your pain, man. Nothing I ever eat agrees with me. Road trips are rough. That's
4: well, why pets, I don't eat on road trips. Especially Pet road food.
2: Eats. Road food is never
3: good. Pat only eats sacrificial goats, so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, All we right got- so, yeah, we got uh, one from Across the Pond up next. Oh, this is uh, Nikki, and she has taken advantage of our new feature.
3: <gasps> What's <gasps> that?
2: That is able to call us over Facebook. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I thought you meant our vestigial nipple.
4: Goat. <laughs> Mine is prehensile.
2: I only got so much cricket here. You have a preh- prehensile nipple? What?
4: <laughs> no, I have two.
2: Oh. Jesus Christ! God. No, you can call us. Okay, let me get to the point. God this damn it!
4: Is, I can still masturbate while I type.
2: All right, let's let's just listen. We'll talk
4: we about go. this later. My nipples are typing. I want um, to be clear on this. Yeah.
5: So first of all, first of all, you have to bring up the New Zealand Australia underarm drama. If you ever wonder why New Zealand and Australia are very against each other, yeah, that kind of starts most of it. We have it's a very 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 sore subject for New Zealand. Uh, Australia are bloody cheaters, to put it simply. You can't (laughs) fuck an underarm bowl. They cheat, because they knew we were going to beat them. In all fairness, I don't think we've ever beaten them in cricket since, but that's besides the point. Um, okay, and then Five. Uh, yeah, I love Five. I still love Five. Five was my (laughs) first concert I ever went to. Don't worry, you don't have to feel sorry for me. It's a guilty pleasure, but I love them. Also, you kind of missed another really important British pop band, and that was called Take That. Now, you might not have heard of them, granted, because they're British and they're not American, so they're not important to you. I had them in but, the house. Uh, but Take That was actually how Robbie Williams started. Uh, so hopefully you know who Robbie Williams is. But yes, oh, yes. Take That was yes. in a massively big uh, English boy band, sort of around the same time as Spice Girls as well. If you've seen the Spice Girls movie, they actually mentioned Gary Barlow in it, who was one of the guys in Take That. I have. Uh, but yes, Take That. You missed him too. Um, and Shut Up 5 is awesome. And Backstreet Boys <laughs> forever. Oh right, of course. And I just remembered. I was going to give you shit about Five Seconds of Summer or Five sos Totally not a boy band. Um, I get yeah, lots of girls like them, but they're a band, not a boy band. That's also, what I think. if you're wondering why they have um, those sort of pop influences, pop punk influences, it's because Good Charlotte are responsible for them. Now, whether Good Charlotte actually uh, set them up or not, I don't know. But I know that Good Charlotte produces their albums and no doubt has written half of the stuff for them. Um, I'm also a big Good Charlotte fan, you know, laugh that up too. Um, I have the worst taste in music, I do realise this. But yeah, I actually quite like Five Seconds of Summer. Um, and to some degree I also like One Direction, and I'd agree that they are the new Backstreet Boys. Um, yes, but also actually, if you want to learn more about the Backstreet Boys, they actually had a really good documentary about them out not long ago. Um, well, yeah, I'd go check out. Uh, fascinating to find out behind the scenes how they got set up, uh, how they got completely screwed over by their producer, which you know isn't anything new, and and how they struggled to keep you know going as a band today. Okay, I think that's long enough. See you later.
4: <laughs> I think we found her her new favorite uh, episode. Yeah. Can I just say, Mike,
3: that that was a brilliant idea because that I could understand her and she sounded crystal clear.
1: Yeah, yeah. very good call quality over uh, the normal voicemail line. So, yeah if, yeah, if you want a really sharp-sounding voicemail, uh, try the Call
2: Now button on our Facebook page. Yeah. it. Um, if you use it on mobile, though, uh, it'll actually uh, you Wi-Fi it in. You don't phone it in. It's not cellular. So that's when you get this wonderful sounds like she's just in the room with us talking about armpit bowling.
4: Yeah, and I didn't realize that was such a, awesome. such a controversial thing I put into the tweet. I apologize if I offended.
1: You want controversial. You're going to have to ask both Nikki and... And Killa, where the dessert Pavlova came from. I'm just starting fights, and I know yeah. none of you guys get that, but everyone from New Zealand and Australia knows exactly what I'm talking about. Isn't the dogs? And no, it's a dessert.
4: Centuries from now, scholars will find that this was the beginning of World War III, that comment right there that <laughs> Oh,
1: no, they've been fighting over the origin of that particular dessert for much, much longer before I ever became aware of the conflict.
2: Pavlaka? Is that Plaka? what
1: you said? Pavlova. Pavlova? It's, yeah, it's a... Uh, Meringue-based dessert with uh, like a crisp crust and uh, topped with fruit and sometimes whipped cream.
4: Hmm. <coughs> it, was I will. In, it was invented in Australia. Well, <laughs> Google, Google gives I'm credit. To yeah, I'm just messing with you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Google gives credit to uh, New Zealand, so uh,
2: there is that. All right. So like there's voicemails for the week. And hey, Josh. Yeah. Guess what time it is?
1: Is it time to suck a lime?
2: This week <laughs> in. Music. Wait. Movie. (laughs) Time to suck a lime? (laughs) What? uh, what I didn't get it, but I liked it.
4: Uh, it.
2: That
1: was an old In Living Color bit. Oh, man. Holy crap. And I expected someone to react, not just go straight into the intro.
2: <laughs> well, I wouldn't, because I was expecting you to, like, lead in, not say suck a lime. That was literally not... <laughs> All right, not, not
1: after a, that, after that, I, I think it's definitely about that time. It is
2: definitely about that time. This week in... Music. Movies. And TV. All right, so the year is 1996, the year Scream was released, and uh, the year I got married. Good God! Wow, really? Yeah, Damn. 1996, man. Do you remember that at all?
4: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah.
2: I'm surprised.
4: I remember some of. I remember <laughs> most of it. <laughs> I
2: remember. I remember Joel eating your boutonniere.
4: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Remember me jumping in the pool?
2: No, I remember finding your soaking oh, your, wet you tux. There tux there I that, wasn't there. Yeah. That was the wedding night. That was busy. yeah.
4: So I said you weren't there. That happened. Yeah. We get to the hotel and everybody's in the pool and I'm one of the last ones to arrive and everybody's like, you know. Go get, go get dressed and come in the pool. I'm like, all right. So I just go upstairs and put my swimsuit on on top of my tux and go downstairs and jump in the pool.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then next morning I get into your guys' room. Like, guys, <laughs> we're going down for breakfast. I'm going to, why is this so, why is this tux soaking yeah. wet?
4: Yeah, you rest your arm up on the, on, on the thing <laughs> hanging on the tux, hanging on the door. Why is this tuxedo wet?
2: <laughs> oh, that was a good time. Anyway, uh, he
4: points to me, passed out on the bed. You're like, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, music. The number one song is Macarena by Los Del Rio, which
4: means "the of the river."
2: Hippie, cracky, pony,
3: Macarena, hey, Macarena! <laughs> it
4: might be one of my least favorite one-hit wonders of all time.
1: Yeah, you didn't like that song at the time when everybody
4: nope. liked it. No, I hated that song from the
2: moment I heard it. It was playing all over the place when we were down in Disney. World. Oh man, that song was everywhere. Yeah, it was everywhere. It was in the corner. Like, it was like diarrhea when you get pulled over by a cop. <laughs> On that note, Madonna gives birth.
4: <laughs>
2: oh,
0: <laughs> oh, damn! To
2: d- <laughs> nice lead <in. laughs> to daughter Lord's Maria Sassone, Leon. Wow, Ciccione? Ciccione? Yeah, Ciccone. Ciccone. Oh, no. I thought it was
4: Chacon. Yeah, that is it. Chacon. Is it Chacon? Well, Madonna actually,
2: gives birth it. to Madonna's daughter on October fourteenth.
4: Yes. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's actually uh, Chacon for the uh, the. The producer of Penthouse Magazine, but it is Sicioni for Madonna.
3: Are you mm-hmm. talking about Bob Guccioni?
4: Yeah. No, maybe. Yeah,
3: Bob Guccioni was. Okay, the never producer. mind then,
4: but I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, she it pronounces it Siccioni.
3: I always heard it Chicone, but I don't know.
4: Anyway, I'm, it doesn't matter. Lord. Sure, be honest, but I, <laughs> Jesus okay. Christ. Let's, let's about. waste about five more minutes on. <laughs> good, please.
3: <laughs> and then there was a goat sacrifice, and I
2: don't know. <laughs> God. So uh, Madonna gives birth to her daughter, who then became Lord um on Octo- no, her name was lord on october 15th Korn's <laughs> second studio album life is peachy debuts at number three in the billboard 200 and goes on to sell six million copies worldwide
4: and all that this proves is that music was awful in the year of 1996
2: yeah that far but yeah yeah so movies the number
3: one movie is ghost in the darkness which the real story that that's based on is pretty
4: freaking cool, but the movie the, the 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 lions that stalk the people, yeah, yes. Well,
2: yeah, you can, I thought the movie was all right. I've never seen it. Michael Douglas and uh, Val. Oh, remember, when <laughs> <laughs> Val <Patrick. laughs> remember when I was Batman? Val Patrick. Remember when I was Batman? You can go to the, the Field Museum and you can see the they have the the, the two lions. Yeah, they're there. Yep, they got them stuffed. Uh, other movies they released, were already
4: stuffed when they got them. They
2: were killed by a dentist.
4: I can't have any more people. Oh, no, I'm stuffed
2: too soon. <laughs> so the other movies released this week include the acronym of the week, which is TLKJG. G.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going for two for here in the rules. I see. <laughs> uh, the other T-L-K-G, movies T-L-K-G, of course, is Tito loves kangaroo gonads. <laughs> it's the ill-fated Jackson Fours' adventures in Australia. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice, damn it, Tito.
2: I'm sorry,
3: damn it, Tito. Wah wah.
2: I, I don't, I'm just going with that. I mean, I'd watch the that. Long kiss, good night.
4: I mean, yes, very good. Hmm.
2: Samuel Jackson, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. I've still never I seen it. it. No, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's fun. Uh, Michael Collins, which I don't know that movie. That's one with uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, I thought well, that was Rob the, Roy.
4: Uh, that's a, that's the corporate intrigue movie. I think. Oh,
2: okay and uh sleepers great movie oh,
4: sleepers was so good yeah. have, so so good Yeah. have not Back seen in
3: the uh there was the big boon in that era for the uh the ensemble cast films
4: and that was and remember cool. how, how shocking it was to see kevin bacon finally play a heavy
3: he's so skinny
4: yeah hmm
2: so uh jason bernard was an american actor whose first role in a feature film was a cameo in a charles bronson film called death wish uh, he made many guest appearances on a variety of television shows, ranging from Starsky and Hutch and The Jeffersons to Murder, She Wrote. He also appeared in the Dukes of Hazard episode, The Dukes in Hollywood, a classic.
0: <laughs>
2: he also played the blind musician Tyrone Wattell in, all, in the film All of Me, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard's final appearance was a 1997 film called Liar, Liar. Oh, that was... a. Uh, with that carrey, line? Yeah. yeah the jim carrey yeah. one uh mm-hmm. as judge marshall stevens he died of a heart attack soon after filming wrapped when uh, you
1: start talking about someone who i've never heard of i'm like this dude's gonna be dead by the end of this <laughs> oh yeah
3: <laughs> fun little note to also star in uh death wish was a very young first role uh jeff goldblum as yes. a rapist no joke Huh. huh.
2: No, no no just lay down on that couch <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, he was that, much more animated in that, the, the yeah. film <laughs> Um. Yeah. Anytime, Pat has anything that was so and so was a so and so whose first was this, you're dead.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's as good as saying I'm about to retire.
2: Yeah. Uh, the top four shows are ER, Seinfeld, Friends, and Suddenly Susan. Oh, God. And The Wubbulous World of Dr. Seuss premieres on October 13th. What? I don't remember that show. I don't remember. That. Yeah, no idea.
1: I vaguely remember it being promo uh, in 96 and then uh, pretty much immediately getting
2: panned in the reviews and going away. Mm. So uh, on to sports. October 14th. Chris Jacks. Jacks or Jackie?
4: I, I don't know. Jacks. Yeah.
2: Record 53-yard field goal, 3 minutes and 41 seconds into overtime, gave the Green Bay Packers a 23-20 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. Jackie, who had tied the game with a 31-yarder and with eight seconds left in regulation, kicked the longest field goal in NFL history to win an overtime game, 53 yards. Jesus Christ.
3: Yeah, it was pretty far. And actually, that's pronounced Chiconi. I
2: was thinking of the same <laughs> joke, man.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the moment was lost. Way to bring it back.
2: Nice. Uh, October 13th, powered by a three-home-run third inning and eight strong innings from Andy... <laughs> Petite? Um, Petite? Pet it. petit. That's a Petite. lot of T's. I know. <laughs> That's a lot of E's and a lot of T's. It's like they get really. Wow. Uh, Somebody the, had a stroke, apparently. They
0: were <laughs> <typing>.
2: <laughs> his dad sneezed when he was signing his name. <laughs> <laughs> just going. The New York oh. Yankees won their 34th American League pennant with a 6 4 victory over the Baltimore Orioles and headed to the World Series for the first time since 1981. Because screw you, Orioles, because you're from Baltimore. And Baltimore sucks. <laughs> oh, can't,
4: my say, can't, Lord. Say, yeah, can't say his name. It'll be the third time. Yeah, don't yeah.
2: summon him. <laughs> He'll be just... where he's. Where is he going to appear?
4: <laughs> if he's unlucky here. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, here or, or at your place. either <laughs> Or yeah. well,
2: we all shoot. get a quarter.
4: Joel, the only yeah. safe haven would be Joel's house. Yeah, that's true, because yeah, then safe. the rest
2: of the three of us would just start beating on him immediately. Um. Anyway, October 20th, 19-year-old... I'm going to go with that being Andrew.
4: It's just Andrew. Yeah.
2: With a W at the end. Yeah. Andrew. 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 Andrew Andrew Jones homered twice and drove in five runs as John Smoltz and the Braves sent the Yankees to their worst World Series loss ever. 12 to 1 in game one. Jones hit a two run homer off Andy Petiti in the second (laughs) inning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then lined a three-run shot off Brian Berenger and the third that made it 8-0. to zero. Wow. Uh, yeah. Just
1: a little update. Uh, my recollection of the Wubulous world of Dr. Seuss was completely off. This ran two seasons for 40 episodes. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, it was I run by re- the Jim Henson Company, and uh, they had a bunch of puppets and some animation. It looks awesome.
2: Cool. Huh. Yes. Oh, and this is one of the few times I've ever been like actually interested in sports, but the Cubs are doing pretty well. Man. So are the Royals. Apparently. Well
4: Well, this is the year as predicted in Back to the Future yeah. that the Cubs win the World Series.
2: So. And Michael J. Fox doesn't lie.
4: <coughs> yes. So, I, I am at least excited for that.
1: Plus there's the yeah. underdog factor,
2: but Yeah. But then again, being a Cubs fan is like I said it before, it's like dating your ex girlfriend every summer. <laughs> Didn't work oh, last year. Probably won't work, but let's try all again. all my friends
4: down here are sad that the Astros are out of the playoffs.
2: Aww. All right i well, boy Scream, 1996. This is a movie directed by the uh, penultimate Wes Craven. Great, the second to last Wes Craven. Yes, it is. <laughs> I knew you were going to give me shit the second that word came out of my mouth. I'm just going to let it go. I'm not entirely sure what I was trying to say there, but thank you very much for that. Uh, the writing credits I think are you were say
4: the sexy Wes Craven. That's what was coming. Yeah, about.
2: let's go with that. Sexy Wex Wes Craven. Uh, writing credits, WGA, what does that mean, Joel?
3: Uh, the Writers Guild of America. It just, Kevin Williamson is, I mean, he's, this was his first film that kind of blew him on the scene and made him a big <laughs> <defense>. <laughs> he's,
4: he's, he, just, he cut and paste from IMDb, so there's going to be a little bit of extreme well, importance. Okay.
2: I thought, it, I don't know, I thought it was.
4: Just ignore it. It's, I'm just, okay,
2: ignore I'm it. ignoring it. I'm ignoring You better. I am. Stop he's reading also, it. Don't look at it. Also known for such movies as I Know What You Did Last Summer, Scream 2, and The Faculty.
3: And he uh, created Dawson's Creek, as well as uh, the following that just ended recently.
4: That is the horrifying. faculty the movie we were talking about last week? Yes. Yes. Okay.
3: And t- teaching Mrs. Tingle.
4: And what the hell is the name of that movie? I was thinking of. I, it's going to bug me anyway. Move on. The Crappality. That was quick on the crickets.
2: <laughs> so anyway, uh, in credits order, uh, starring Drew Barrymore, Roger Drack Roger Jackson as Roger Jackson. As the uh, the phone voice of Ghostface, um, which, ooh, he looks like a fun guy. <clears throat> uh, he does the voice of Mojo Jojo in the Powerpuff Girls.
3: You can probably skip down to the other bigger names. I just, like I
2: said, put them in order. Yeah, I'm just, well, we got uh, Neve Campbell as Sydney. Skeet Ulrich. Skeet, which is a really weird name, paired up skeet, with skeet, Ulrich. Skeet, skeet.
4: <laughs> <laughs> How oh. would you like it if that, you know, if, if your first name became a synonym for... Ejaculation Wouldn't be so cool
2: Pat, 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 pat
3: <laughs> We're gonna make that a thing now Dude, I gotta I gotta go pat some
4: All <laughs>
2: over the place uh, Courtney Cox Rose McGowan uh, David Arquette Matthew Lilliard And Jamie Kennedy For the uh Upfront face people I just watched a movie With Jamie Kennedy in it now uh, uh, Tremors 5 I haven't seen that yet I'm hoping it's good Yeah Jamie Kennedy plays A rough and tumble Leather wearing dude Huh Yeah it, You know what though? It ain't bad but now onto the movie that we're talking about,
3: <laughs> right?
2: We'll do Tremors another time. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, movie where a girl, uh, Sydney, whose mother was killed a one year ago, is being her friends are being hunted down by a ghost face killer. Not ghost face killer, but ghost face <laughs> killer. Though I would watch that too. <laughs>
1: I'm impressed you know the difference, to be honest. Tang for life,
2: yeah. Um, the party scene. Let's see, got some trivia here before we get into it. The party scene near the end of the film runs 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days, from the time the sun set to the time it rose. After it wrapped, the crew that had T-shirts made that said "I Survived Scene 118." Uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette met and fell in love on the set of this movie. And they eventually married, but divorced in 2013, shortly after making Scream 4. Yep. Mm. Yep. Uh, There's a blatant reference to Freddy Krueger in this. uh, He's a janitor at the school, wearing the fedora, the hat, and mopping the floors. And he's called Freddy, after uh, Fonzie calls him. And that janitor is played by who? Albert Einstein. No, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's Wes Craven.
3: In a very un unplanned uh, cameo because he does not like to do cameos or didn't like to do them in his films and they talked him into it and it ended up being like a fan favorite kind
2: of thing. Yeah, he doesn't do that a lot. So,
1: Well, sure. I mean, but that's the thing is taking on the tropes of lesser horror films is sort of the point on this one.
2: Yeah, there were a lot of mentions. I, I started keeping it, uh, tabs and every time another horror movie was mentioned.
4: I'm sure that's probably how they talked him into doing it. Probably. Mentioning that.
2: Yeah. Um... Let's see. When the phone slips out of Billy's hand and hits Stu in the head, it was completely unintentional, but Wes Craven kept it because of Stu's realistic reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Which was...
4: Oh, Dick!
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that line, too. I
4: know.
2: (laughs) God! There's so many cool... I mean, so many cool scenes. Like, uh, all of us have seen uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Of -hmm. course. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know the scene where Star-Lord takes the sphere out of his uh, man purse, and he holds it up, drops it, catches it, and picks it back up? That was actually... Unsc- un- he, he did drop it and recovered and they kept that in the movie too Well, I thought you were going to make reference to the scene where there's like I don't think anybody can be 100% dig <laughs> uh, special effects artists use about 50 gallons of blood Wes Craven was always known for calling more blood I don't know if that's the way his voice sounded but that's the way I hear it no he
3: was he was very very sedate very calm
2: ah, very serial killer then very relaxed Uh, The actors never saw Roger Jackson, the voice of the killer, before, during, or after the filming of the movies. That's cool. Yeah,
3: and even in the documentaries that are out there, there's two of them on the the Scream collection that I own. He's not shown. They show either Ghostface or they show him in like a silhouette, like a witness relocation thing. So all you hear is his voice. You have to search out pictures of him on the internet if you want to know what he looks like.
1: Or you could just look in our show notes. Except we can't. We can.
2: It's creepy. All right, so starts out with uh, a very cute Drew Barrymore popping around, yeah. popping popcorn. Um,
4: She's one of those. Well, never mind. I'm not going to be rude. That little
2: bob haircut she had, wig. Yeah. It starts off with the opening, the opening kill, and kind of sets up the movie. Uh, lots of references to uh, other horror movies in that. Um, immediately, first question is, uh, you know, what's your favorite horror movie? And they make references. I don't think what was the first one. They started talking about Freddie, Jason, Michael. Uh, there was also references to Candyman, Prom Night, The Town That Dreaded Sundown, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, and Terror Train are some of the ones that I wrote down that they talked about in this movie.
3: Yeah, they... they. I mean, Kevin Williamson is known for being kind of the the <clears throat> the Kevin Smith of horror films. I mean, he's a big pop culture icon, you know, likes a lot of that iconography and uh, is very... Tapped into kind of the the youth of America, or at least he was at the time. Kind of tongue in cheek, yeah.
2: Well, Drew Barrymore plays Casey, and she gets knifed up after her boyfriend uh, Steve does Steve. in the <laughs> Hey Steve. Um, <laughs> he's Steve gets all duct taped to the chair, which is a uh, a theme carried over later. But uh, yeah, so she, he gets uh, duct taped to the chair, and then Casey starts getting asked trivia questions, who, and she screws up on who is the killer from night from uh, Friday the Thirteenth.
1: Even I knew that. Yep. And you don't even like horror movies. Hmm? I'm not going to say it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so she winds up dead. Of course, in school, everybody hears about it the next day, and uh, then we d- we discover Sydney and find that her mother has is dead after she uh, talks to her friends. What was her? Which one was her friend? Uh, uh, Rose McGowan's friend. character. Yeah, Ro- Yeah, Tatum. Tatum. Talking to Tatum and uh, you get the little exposition that something horrible happened just about a year ago.
3: Well, they mention when uh, Skeet comes into her room that, uh, you know, they're talking about how she's become sexually anorexic and they talk about how her mother was killed and uh, ever since then she kind of stopped having any interest. And did anybody else catch on <clears throat> or notice how much number one Skeet over, which looks like Johnny Depp, which is kind of a known thing. But that whole sequence is very similar to the sequence in Nightmare on Elm Street with, uh, with Nancy
2: and and uh glenn oh i can see that yeah yeah i'm sure it was totally played i mean planned out they're very similar
1: it's weird though like a lot of the movie and tv boyfriends uh have that sort of look like not only johnny depp and skeet ulrich but like you look at twin peaks bobby briggs had that same sort of hairdo same sort of clothes
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well i mean uh johnny depp back then from like the uh uh, 21 Jump Street Days kind of set up the black leather jacket wearing, hair in the eyes type of look. So Sure.
4: And, and like almost a little too good looking, like very feminine good look. Yeah.
2: And, and that
1: sort of became the prototype for the mid to late 90s boyfriend with a hint of bad boy mm-hmm. in a
4: lot of stuff.
3: Yeah, very much. Yeah.
1: And they would often
4: of, have like the chain that went from their wallet to their belt. Yeah. Oh, God.
2: And they would look up through their hair at you.
4: Yeah, like <laughs> like the the character in um in Roseanne, Becky's boyfriend. Yeah. Yep.
2: So um so then we have uh old Skeet Billy shows up and wants to protect old uh, Sydney. <laughs> I want to protect you. Stop climbing in through the window, man. Let's have a PG thirteen relationship.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Let's have an over the closed makeup session for five seconds before. Okay, we're done.
3: Oh, he well, started to yeah. slide his
2: hand up her leg. Sorry, Not yet. that I
4: blame him. No, not at all. <laughs>
2: So, uh, mom and pop take off, leaving or pop leaves. Oh, yeah, yeah mom to, has yeah. been
4: gone
1: for a while.
2: Yeah, mom's been yeah. gone. Mom, mom, mom took off. Dad's going on a on a trip. He disappears, leaving Sydney all alone. So she calls Tatum to uh, come and get her because she's going to want to stay overnight at Tatum's house. Oh, actually, she wants Tatum to come stay at her house. Oh, that's right. Okay, so anyway, so Tatum's on her way for some reason or another.
1: No, I think Mike <laughs> had it right because uh, Tatum uh, says to Dewey she's staying with us because oh. Dewey is Tatum's uh,
3: brother. Yes. Right, but that's after, oh, after that's she after the... attacked at the house. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Because she was going to stop off and grab some movies. Uh, she was going to grab all the right movies at the video store.
2: Yeah, because then you can see his penis. Exactly. Right. Well, not not his penis, but... A penis. Tom Cruise's. That penis you pause the just, movie just right, Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I've seen this way too many times tom cruise's penis
3: yeah i have it as a gif on the back i'm sorry gif is on my wallpaper
2: (laughs) (laughs) um thank you for derailing me that's great sorry Uh, (laughs) so she's now uh old sydney's home alone and uh she gets a phone call from that gigantic cell phone or no more mobile phone mobile phone what is that cordless phone that everybody had back then I forgot how big those things were.
4: Yeah, that's what she said.
2: That's why when uh, <laughs> Stu says he hit me with the phone, you dick, it hurts. I know. I really forgot how big phones were. I mean, because even even like the wireless phones that you have in the house now are like these teeny tiny little things. Some big white one, the huge thick antenna coming out of the top. Oh was yeah. It, I mean, there was a lot of throwbacks in nineteen. I mean, one of the things from nineteen ninety six, a lot of the sign of the times type stuff in this. Especially with the technology.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of ways it's hard to do a point by point because the plot until you get to the party scene is very stock slasher.
2: Yeah, shows up, you know that the door is going to stop the other door from opening up, she gets away, uh, and then Billy shows up afterwards and she thinks it's him. Dum-dum-dum.
1: Yeah, the phone falls out of his pocket. She accuses him. Uh, he ends up going to jail.
3: Yeah, very much like uh, our friend Rod in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Only
2: there's he no, was
4: not my friend, man.
2: <laughs> he was up until then. He jerk. So uh, she accuses her boyfriend of trying to kill her. He goes to jail. Then there's a, is Billy pissed? Yes, more than likely, but no, he's not. But that should be a that should have been a tip off, right? Um, they may also notice all the product placement in this?
3: No, I never have noticed no. a lot of it, it like
2: really. A, a box of rice checks sitting in the middle of the shot in the, one of the kitchen scenes. Huh. No, I've I never noticed. There, I mean, take, go back to, I mean, watch it again, take a look, and there's a lot of, like, here's Coca-Cola, you know, this is... Huh. Yeah. But
4: well, It was done very well then, because I didn't pick yeah. up. Here's
2: a gensu knife.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that
2: can cut through a tomato in one slice. Here it is again, and so. again, and again. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so Billy gets accused. Now they pull curfew on the entire town. So, nine o'clock, everyone's got to go home. So, naturally, the kids all run to one person's house to have uh, a party. And apparently,
4: we'll only last for 45 minutes or so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're fast forwarding a little bit, I guess. We are. But there's, but in the meantime. I'm saying
4: if they got a curfew at nine o'clock, why are they all having a party? They got to leave. Yeah.
2: Well, they
3: kind of do, half of them.
4: I know. So, it made no sense. Um, we'll did get, anybody else get there and drink for 45 minutes?
3: Speaking of the sign of the times, did you guys notice how long it took to get the records from vital phone? Like they requested and they're like, it's going to take some time. And it was like a day and a half later before they got them or two days later or something like that. Sure. It was speed of plot. Right. But even then, I mean, nowadays you can pull all that stuff up online in in 10 seconds.
4: But remember back when having a cell phone was suspicious.
3: Yeah.
2: Where'd you get a cell phone from? I wonder if he cloned it. Right. There's a whole <laughs> thing about the cloning of the phones, which was a concern back then. And I'm going to, okay. First off, I was, the one thing that got me about them, we're going to check all the phone numbers in the entire county. Where are you going to get a judge to sign off on a warrant to check everybody's phone number phone calls for the entire county that late it's at night? Probably just an empty threat. Yeah. But they did. I don't know. It's just me. Um, so they leave uh, the mask, two idiot kids running around school chasing uh chasing uh what's her name sydney around the school leaving the mask with Fonzi hey the principal who gets
4: who gets really mad about the mask situation
2: principal, yeah. principal Henry. he's yeah. he he's really like off the
1: handle well I mean that makes sense I mean he's a uh principal that was really into uh his job and like when he has to make the announcement, he's like, remember, your principal loves you, which in a way is supposed to throw suspicion on him. Up to this point, you're suppo- you've got this, like, whodunit thing where you're trying to guess who the killer actually is. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the first big red herrings. But, like, his flipping off the handle uh, both intensifies that part of his character and throws another uh, bit of suspicion on him.
4: How deftly he handles those big scissors and stuff. Yeah.
2: It's, those incidentally, are
3: incidentally uh, – Oh, uh, those are incredibly large for office scissors. <laughs> Incidentally, um, he was not a fan. Uh, Henry uh, Henry Winkler was not a fan of horror movies and had never seen one up until that point. So he, this was his first experience with horror. Period.
2: Wow. So yeah, so he threatens to uh, to kick out two kids out of school because they dressed up as killer the killer and ran around the school like idiots. Uh, no,
4: he, he didn't threaten. He expelled them. Oh, yeah. That's right. He totally, I never took it back. Yeah. No, he didn't. He, you, and then, it, then he said he should kill them. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe, sir, tense. you could please put down those scissors while you're talking to us.
3: <laughs> but you know what? Technically, he didn't expel them because once he was expelled, then nobody ever knew about it because it wasn't in writing. He just told them verbally. So they were probably never got a... Yeah,
4: list. how much did those kids celebrate when they heard the news that he was dead? They're they like, were like, oh, didn't write that paperwork.
2: Yeah, They're probably the ones that were
3: running to the goalposts.
2: That was kind of weird, too. So anyway, he gets uh, he gets shanked pretty good, Little principal.
4: Yeah, poor guy. I know. A great shot
2: of the mask in his eyeball. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. That was a good shot. Um, yeah, so he gets killed. And then the oldest cheerleader in the world later is uh, <laughs> <laughs> talking about uh, Sydney in the bathroom, which is... I mean, Maybe she just made it up. So.
4: In, in my 35 years, I've seen a lot of women make stories up.
2: <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, Ghostface comes out, chases Sydney around the school a little bit, gets away. Uh, again. And again. And then they find old principal Shank. And how
4: inept is he at chasing her down? Well, he stabbed stab mean, the hell out of everybody else, but, you
2: know. A lot of times he gets his
1: ass kicked, like almost every one of his victims. Uh, usually the girls, the guys not so much, uh, get in a couple of good shots on Ghostface. Oh,
2: yeah, when Tatum nails him right in the nuts with the beer bottle. Yep. That- well, and that's kind of one of the things
3: that I thought that really got me when I first saw the movie is I'm like, wow, the killer is actually being... They're they're, they're getting their licks in on him before he dispatches them, you know, Mm -hmm. because in most horror movies, it's like one and done or they're on the floor and they're screaming. And here they're actually kicking the dude's ass.
2: Right. He's not
1: he's not supernaturally powerful. He just he gets there.
2: Yeah. And uh, I just want to say Deputy Dewey here is the uh, scream version of Hagrid because everything he says, he's like, I probably shouldn't be saying this. (laughs) You know, we have a police situation here. Uh, Miss Gail Weathers. We can't be letting you in here, but I'm going to tell you everything that happened and walk you into the school. Well, he's the
3: he's naivete. He's, they they said that he was basically the only real pure character in the whole the whole storyline. Everybody's got flaws, and he's the one guy that's kind of pure.
2: I like David Arquette.
1: Yeah, yeah. His character was generally a good guy, but had a hard time being taken seriously.
4: Yeah, because of little outbursts like the one he had in the you know. He's like, what did mom tell you about me?
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, yeah, the other cops are going to make fun of you when you do that. And he's barely older than the kids. Yeah.
2: I'm a man of the law. When I'm wearing the badge, Mom said that I've got a be in charge. <laughs> um, so anyway, they go back to the party, and then you hear the phrase media muff, which I didn't realize was a lingo.
1: Well, I mean, it was a shot because Gail Weathers is disliked immensely by Sydney because she mm-hmm. wrote the book on her mother's... Death and accused Sydney of being a liar and was advocating for the person who uh, she accused of murdering her mom. Right. Weary. And then she just strolls into this party that uh, she's not even supposed to know about that she's far too old for.
2: Yep. And brings the cops with. So... They wind up at this party. she plants the camera that she's got from her uh <laughs> the giant camera. <laughs> no one's ever gonna see this. What are you carrying? you need help with that? <laughs> puts it on well, the reason nobody notices because they put it on top of that gigantic vHS player um tucked it in there take video that the thirty second delay video of uh, what's going on in the uh in the in the in the party
1: very cool device, yeah there. yeah.
2: Yeah, the 30-second thing was very cool. Um, Then runs back out and uh, chills out with Kenny and watches what happens. In the meantime, uh, Stuart, played by Shaggy, Matthew Lillard, and serial killer, playing the same character he's ever played in every single movie, though a little bit more intense on this one. Very spitty. Yeah.
4: Especially after he gets stabbed. Yeah, I
2: was going to say, especially after he was stabbed, he was drooling all over himself. Uh, Stuart takes off and tells Tatum to go get some, go get me some beer. Uh we missed
1: a super important scene. What did we miss? Uh we missed The Rules by Randy, the video store clerk who uh yeah, when, he
4: pa- when he pauses the movie to explain the rules of how to survive a horror movie.
1: And the whole time he's been like pegging the boyfriend as the killer like uh, and using film uh terminology. I mean, really Randy is the reason
2: this film is so meta. Yeah. So Randy uh, goes off on. Was are you sure of that I thought it, I thought that was happening like at the same time? Well, I mean, he starts talking about it even back in the video
1: store scene uh, with uh, uh, Billy and. Uh,
2: oh, that's right. I forgot about the uh, the flu- the freak out in the video, The VHS. If they
3: watch prom night, they'd save time. If they
1: watch
2: Ooh. it, don't they? Know what happens? So Jamie Kennedy's flipping out about the rules. And the rules are: never say "I'll be right back." No. Uh, never drink, drink.
1: Uh, do drugs, or have sex. The yep. first rule, I believe, was never have sex, and he said the second one was don't drink or do drugs. It's an extension of That's the sin right. in the
2: first rule, and the third one is never say I'll be right back.
1: Yeah, were there only three or are there
3: four? No,
2: I think there was only three. Joel? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me there. There was actually
3: uh, there was more than that. <laughs> I don't remember them by heart. Now that you're calling on me to remember them by heart. <laughs> are, number one you will not survive if you have sex number two you will not survive if you drink or do drugs rule number three you will not survive if you say i'll be right back and number four everyone is a suspect
2: okay okay there you go there's the fourth one everyone is a suspect matthew lillard disappears go get beer Ro- uh, rose mcgowan is in the garage getting the beer getting more beer everyone's getting beer and uh ghostface shows up in the in the garage and tatum really ha- i The first time I saw this, I thought Tatum had a chance to get out of there. Because she really, I mean, she's got those, what, maybe, she's carrying maybe six beers. And And just seven-inch nipples. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) just starts (laughs) chucking beers at uh, Ghostface and hits him right in the junk. Which, good for him getting up back from that, but, geez. And then uh, she tries to escape through the garage door on the apparently 80-horsepower garage door opener. (laughs) Yeah. Because (laughs) that's... What do you think she's weighing in at? Maybe like one twenty?
4: Not even. She's she's a small girl. Yeah, <laughs> one I of like the two. You. Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to guess she was like a, uh, barely over 100 pounds.
2: Yeah. yeah,
4: I would put her at like 98 pounds, somewhere in there, 98 to 104.
2: Well, either way, you hang a 100 hundred pounds off your garage door. It's not open.
4: My garage door sometimes doesn't even close when there's nothing blocking it.
3: Yeah, see, that was one of my two biggest problems with the movie was was that one scene.
4: It still yeah, bothers it's me. It's possible to kill somebody with a with an automatic garage door.
3: Yeah, now if, if she would have gone out through the door, which she, incidentally one of the trivia things was that she could fit all the way through. Was that if she got there, got stuck, the killer could just go over while the garage door shut. Right, it starts stabbing out. Her.
4: That would have, yeah.
3: And how come nobody else went out to either A, get beer or B, when they were
2: leaving C, somebody hanging from the garage That would- is something I want to know about.
4: Yeah, where is this garage door in, in, in relation to the front door?
2: That is the most inefficient place for a garage. Apparently, it's all the way on the back of the house. <laughs> so you can or drive into the yard. Yes. And why wouldn't you drag the
3: body back in afterwards and then tuck it away somewhere so you could <laughs> have the reveal later? Like
2: most killers, yeah, <laughs> stuff
4: her in the freezer like a like a real killer would.
2: Yeah, like a normal person. Yeah. So in the With meantime, there's more uh, during the the movies during the party scenes. There's a little bit more comments on there. Talk about Leatherface. Talk about I spit on your grave. And there's a comment about he calls he calls her Alicia. Yeah. Who is that? Well, he's talking about he's talking about Alicia Silverstone. Oh, okay. Uh, Talk about the Bad Seeds, Silence of the Lambs, Psycho and Carrie. And then we realize that Nookie equals death as old Skeet gets stabbed after Skeet. (laughs) (laughs)
3: However, uh, this movie also disproves that.
2: Yes, it's true. It is. Does disprove that. Uh, In the meantime, old uh, Deputy Dewey. Why is everyone old? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know because they are now <laughs> yeah because oh, yeah. i just finished watching number four old deputy dewey uh thinks it's romantic to take gail weathers down let's go look at the car in the bushes it's a nice night there's a homicidal maniac running around
3: yeah let's go see if it's mr prescott's car
2: yeah let's almost get hit by the uh, kids running to the football field to go see the principal being hung by the goalposts, uh, and then almost getting hit by a car is kind of sexy too apparently then mm. they discover, dun dun dun, there's her dad's car. Huh.
4: Because he's the number one suspect at the moment. Right. Correct.
2: So, uh, after Skeet gets skeeted, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I find that so <laughs> <laughs> They, a little bit of chasing going around for Ghost, ghost Face and, uh, 30 second delay. Old Carl, Carl, Kenny, Kenny. Kenny. Oh, uh, I felt bad for Kenny. He's, yeah, he didn't do anything. He just got out of the car. He's trying to help. And he was getting abused the kid. entire show. Yeah, entire
4: I thought he was. Um, I thought it was Danny McBride at first, and then when I realized who it was, W. Earl Brown. Uh, fans of Deadwood would know him as uh, Dan.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't make that connection. You Ooh. know
4: what else? But this is one of my favorite Hollywood trivia things. You know what else he played? What he played the mentally retarded brother in "There's Something About Mary."
2: Oh, oh, that's right. Have you see my baseball? Yeah.
4: Wow. Same actor. Like, let's talk about some range.
2: Yeah, seriously. So uh, Kenny gets knifed and somehow Ghostface gets him on the roof of the van that's yeah, that, that
4: made that make no sense how he he won't he won't take the one girl out of the dog door in the garage, but he takes Kenny, who's twice as big as her and puts him on top of the van.
2: I think he's a little bit bigger than twice. That's,
3: <laughs> wow, I never I, I was gonna make some commentary on some other scenes that were like that, but
2: that's another one to add to the list. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, you know, maybe maybe the two of them went out there and threw him up there? I don't I don't know. So
4: I was I mean, the whole time she's standing there looking you know, calling Kenny's name, looking for him, I'm like, shouldn't she see his body laying right there?
2: Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, Courtney Galeweathers drives off trying to help. Kenny slides off the roof, and she plows into the forest, flips the van, uh, just crashes into. Oh the t-
4: yeah, just smashed it right into the tree.
2: Yeah, so she f- she's out for the count for for now. Um, and uh, uh, Sydney's being chased. One the one one scene I liked is when she's in the uh, the SUV. And she's trying to call for help, and you're like, I don't know where he is, this, that, and the other. And you see the back hatch quietly open. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. I like that, was that
4: good, scene. was a good shot, yeah.
2: Yeah. But uh, what kind of kick does that gun have? I
1: yeah. mean, I, I don't know that I care about all these little nitpicks, because, uh, yeah, it's a meta commentary on horror movies, but th- it's also, a, like, a parody of horror movies. Like, a lot of this you can... Uh, come down to well i mean it's supposed to be this way because if they're acting out a cheesy
3: horror movie
2: yeah it's this way because it is supposed to be this way
4: yeah but i don't i don't think that has to excuse sloppy writing
3: well Well, um, but i guess if you think about it i mean like like one of my nitpicks is is at towards the end when they are revealing their plot and here's mr prescott who's got duct tape in various parts of his body that as soon as they did an an autopsy on him and examined his clothes they'd realize that he'd been tied up so therefore he's no longer a suspect
1: yeah i thought about that too yeah yeah i mean but the killers didn't
3: plus the the phone and the the uh voice modulator that they put in his pocket had their fingerprints on it because they
2: weren't
4: wearing gloves and didn't wipe it down
2: well also they were covered in blood too so that was (laughs) yeah there was a lot of
4: things there was a lot of assumption from them that everything was going to be taken at face value when the bodies were all found right that's true
2: so, uh, yeah. So then we got the ex- exposition that Stuart and, uh, old Skeet, um, are actually the tag team killers.
1: Yeah. That's he, so you've got the, uh, boyfriend
2: and his best friend, basically. Which I thought was a good twist. First time, yeah. first time you saw it, you know, cause you think, you think Billy's dead. Yeah. And when he shows up all stabbed and, you know, uh, everyone's all bloody, you know, and you expect him to come in and save her. And then he's like, time to die. Uh, time to I, I, I do like the
4: line. He's like, he's, he's like, you know, the, the death of a parent will fuck you up. It made you sleep with a psycho. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, and it's kind of cool because the two characters there have not betrayed their love for horror movies up to this point. They've even sort of like looked down on Jamie Kennedy's character for geeking out about them because they don't want to give the game away too soon.
2: Yeah. They, they, they held it together pretty good through the entire movie.
1: Yeah. And from the moment that, uh, you've got, uh, Jamie Kennedy and Matthew Lillard's character both claiming the other one is the killer and Bobby, uh, gets the gun away from Sydney, mm-hmm. a- and uh, he just says, "We all go a little mad sometimes." And bang! Their characterization is completely different from then on, and I thought it was awesome that that mm-hmm. moment.
2: Yeah, when the when the page flips. Yeah, um, and you
3: guys are missing one thing here. Don't forget that they also killed her mother. Yes. Oh sure. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, that's
2: part of the reveal. Oh, oh, of wait, the are re- we supposed to call spoilers? <laughs> <laughs> Not <it's okay. laughs> Sorry.
4: <sighs> I, see what, I see what you did there. Yeah.
2: yeah. That was good. So, yeah, they de- they killed her mom because her mom was banging her dad, his dad, and his mom left.
1: And yeah, played. and that's a whole story there plays into the entire first three films, which we're not going to talk about two and three. But uh, I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, um, they had Giveaway. They, they have the uh, monologue. And uh serial killer gets stabbed. Oh, man, I think you went a little deep. <laughs> Getting a little woozy. Yeah, he was... That was... Uh, it sounds kind of sick, but that's when he was his funniest. Yeah. To me. Oh, yeah. I can't do this. I'm blacking out. <laughs> Just... Uh, So – and uh, you know what the thing is to carry on through this is that with all the killers from these movies, no one ever realizes how bad it hurts to get stabbed. Yeah. Well, you just stab me right over here and you won't get any uh vital organs. It'll be – no, you're going to get a big vital organ. It's called your skin. That and- – and oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, I mean, just
4: imagine how it feels like cutting your finger when you're cooking and just multiply that. By. Well, I was
2: going to say, yeah, I've cut my I've cut my hand open with a box cutter before working at the gra- the grocery store. And that hurt like a son of a bitch. It almost mm-hmm. sounded like you're going to say graveyard.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the, the interesting things that added to the character and kind of made you snap back into reality for a minute was when she tells him that she's called the police. And Matthew Lillard is holding on to the phone, trying to keep himself from falling over. And he's like, my parents are going to be so pissed at me. <laughs>
4: Do you really they realize call that
3: the he, cops? He killed all these people, you know, and it's like he really is still a kid, you know.
2: Well, I mean, because they thought they were going to get away with it. Yep. So, well, and for a year they did. Yeah, old Cotton. He took it in the butt. He took the blame. That was another thing that was supposed to have been a big, uh, a big give up from uh, from this movie. Is who was who Cotton was played by? Dave Schreiber. Yes. Mm-hmm
1: who uh features very heavily in both of the sequels well two out of uh, three two out of the three sequels
2: yeah so uh there was a real um the only jump scare that i really liked was the dad coming out of the closet i mean when he was all tied up and almost dying i mean not just like hello um <laughs> so when yeah when he came out of the closet I, that got me because i thought it was all done but she good shot to the head yeah no kidding Yeah, I mean, they get into playing and
1: deconstructing and turning all of the genre tropes inside out when they pretty much call the fact that he's going to sit up for one last scare. And she just puts him down with a shot to the head as it happens, Mm -hmm. which is, yeah. And it's interesting because that's the sort of thing Wes Craven would say. I I know I've mentioned several times in our Wes Craven month, but that was a particular thing about horror movies that he personally hated was when everybody's safe and the killer gets back up for one more scare.
2: Yeah. So, he gets up. Matthew Lillard did is this after his uh after he came back?
1: Well, he, you've got a three-way fight scene right right before uh Bobby uh it, Bobby's the last to die cuz
2: Matthew yeah. Lillard uh goes out first when she pulls the TV down on him. Yeah, that was that was Oh, that's why I wrote bad wiring in this house. Okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so uh, Lillard dies by TV, and uh, and, then old Bob Billy gets uh, shot in the head, and uh, thankfully
4: stabbed several times. Yeah,
2: and uh, thankfully Randy survives. Now, one of the things that that, did you guys watch this on Netflix? Netflix, or did you have it on uh, DVD? I own it. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it on Netflix. They give away the ending in the uh, in the. clips on the front beginning you know how the, you have the if you have the movie up it'll flip through different scenes really yeah i never noticed it's, that uh one of the scenes on on them is of uh of gail and uh um sydney and randy all standing there all bloody looking down at uh, billy's body
4: wow hmm. that's crazy
2: yeah so i mean if you're paying attention to the movie and you I mean if you watch that beforehand and you're paying attention to the movie you're like oh well shit you know who, you know who did it then but they kind of give it away So here's my question for you. Okay. For then, before 2000, what's your favorite horror movie? Since that has been the question from these movies.
1: And and it's important. I want to clarify your question because they're your favorite horror movie. And the one you think is the best might not be the same. Mm -hmm. And
2: for me, they are not. Oh, yeah, we're going pre-2000 and post-2000.
1: Well, it's not even that. Those are two different questions. Uh, I have my top five best horror movies, and my favorite horror movie isn't even on that list. Huh. Because it's not heard. one of the five best, but it is my favorite. Agree with what Josh said. So I just wanted to clarify your question there. Yeah, And, and you were asking for our favorite.
2: Your favorite then.
1: Uh, for All me, right. it, uh, it's Nightbreed.
2: Ah uh, shit, we're gonna yeah, double based, up on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, based on uh, Cabal by Clive Barker.
2: Yeah, uh, it was
1: awesome. I mean, Just, the monsters weren't really the scary parts.
2: Yeah, True. we haven't. We talked about it, but we haven't really done that, have we? No.
1: Well, they're gonna remake
2: it, or <sighs> maybe they did Cronenberg. No, they're gonna. I heard that they have. They haven't made it yet. I know that they're. They've come out with a uh, anniversary edition, but uh, yeah, so
3: streaming on Netflix. The director's cut.
2: Oh, you know, wait. Sorry, Josh. I take it back. I can't, I can't believe I forgot about it. Lost Boys, yeah, for favorite for favorite. Then all right, okay, Joel. Uh, at Dawn of the Dead, seventy eight. Nice.
4: That uh, 1982's the thing by John Carpenter. It's a great one. That is a good one. I love that movie.
2: It's a good one. So there's a
4: that's one
1: I grew to love and actually didn't like very much uh, when I first saw it. Agreed. All it's time. got it's
4: got the perfect amount of gore and suspense, and the acting is great. I mean, and the head, yeah. <laughs> when I, I first upside down spider head. so you want more? do you want when
1: i first saw it actually i was counting all the effects in the gore as a mark against it but that was because when i first saw it i was already a fan of the original mm-hmm. and one of the strengths in the original is that the fact you don't see the monster is almost scarier yeah yeah but i i grew to love it and appreciate the artistry that went into it as years went on Plus oh, Kurt yeah.
2: Russell, yes because kurt russell rocks all right, so uh, you guys want to take a break?
1: Well, I, I,
2: oh. let's talk a little bit about this because we've done a,
1: a little bit of a play-by-play. But one thing I found interesting is, though, I've probably seen this movie half dozen or more times. And I've, I was a fan from the first. Uh, I liked its commentary on the then-current state of horror movies and thought it was a real cool twist. Uh, I watched it this time after watching Scream 4. And it, it gave me a real interesting take on Scream 4, uh, having just kind of watched them. I watched Scream 4 yesterday, and I rewatched Scream today. Okay. And uh, I recommend if someone has uh, not seen Scream 4, after watching Scream 4, go back and watch the original. And uh, I think you'll be impressed with the parallels, the very, very intentional parallels between the two.
2: Yeah, I watched um, Scream on the train yesterday and now I have to stop doing that because I am becoming the guy on the train watching slasher flicks and taking notes. <laughs> 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 I'm sitting oh, <laughs> I'm, masturbating. I'm, I'm sitting there with a phone in my lap and I'm watching it in My one hand I'm watching the slasher flick and the other hand I'm writing down things in this little notepad and I, I realized I had this I had the, the chair to myself. Um,
4: <laughs> People start looking at you like you're John Doe from Seven.
2: Yeah, and, and then a dead body shows up on the train today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. So if you're missing for a couple of weeks, we know why. Yeah, so if I don't if I'm not if the show shows up uh on Monday instead of Sunday this week, you know what happened. So, but yeah, no, I I watched and I watched uh number 7 literally right before we got on the air. So, definitely is a, I did notice a lot of the a lot of the parallels between then and now. So, we will talk more about that. So, I mean,
1: were you guys a fan of this when it first came out? I was. Yes, yeah absolutely,
2: oh, yeah, I totally was I like i, I go ahead I, I like
4: Yeah, I, did, I didn't see it in the theater or anything, um but I remember liking it the first time I saw it. Yeah. I didn't love it, but I liked it.
2: I like any horror movie that takes things a little tongue-in-cheek, that doesn't take itself seriously.
1: See, what's interesting is like after Scream, that actually became something I hated when uh, it was this slick self-aware, even if it was supposed to be a comedy, even if it was supposed to be a horror, it was half comedy with poking fun at itself. I was like, okay – Scream earned that. Wes Craven earned that. You didn't earn that. So that became uh, something that actually really irritated me in the years
2: following the release of Scream. And like, then it I'm,
4: went way too far with the scary movie franchise. Sure.
2: Yeah. What's What's another movie like this that, that you think didn't deserve it, Josh?
1: I mean, there's a whole bunch of slick, self-aware uh, horror films in the 2000s. That have that. And that's I want to talk more about this in the second half, because that phrase, which I've used, was actually a direct quote from the beginning of Scream 4. But already I'm pushing into the second half of
3: the show. So I'll revisit this topic. One of the interesting things about it was that up to this point, basically, Hollywood was about ready to give up on horror because it was it was essentially dead. I mean, all the movies that had come out, they were trying to push you know the next big franchise and everything was failing and people just weren't going anymore and then this happened and it you know revitalized the entire genre so everybody felt like okay well slashers is the way to go and we're going to cut and paste copy this formula and so you had valentine and you had uh well i know what you did last summer which was also kevin williamson um you know you had this this bunch of kind of imitators but same type of poster same basic storyline everything but they just yeah all of the
1: chuckies after the
3: first one it, uh, it, urban legend yeah urban there's another that's a good example
4: final that destination
3: that was a little later okay but that yeah. one was a different different thing we're talking to slashers
4: that was oh, just more, straight up slasher gotcha yeah
3: yeah they had that like parody of themselves
1: and you've heard me say this about pop culture in general one of my big pet peeves is when something apologizes for being what it is like oh we know this is stupid but this is what we have to do it's like stop doing that <laughs> Yeah. Nothing pisses me off more than when something may, does And you're that.
4: pretending you're above your own source material.
3: Yes, exactly. Well, then they had the twist ending with, you know, the killer that they lead you all the red herrings. And I mean, it was it was all really just like, OK, well, how many of these movies can we make as quickly as possible? And it kind of did what it originally set out to, you know, it, it, even though it revitalized the genre, it, it ultimately kind of killed it again in a lot of ways. Until you know they started branching out and doing other things.
1: I'd probably say that it was slowly strangling horror until probably The Ring came out. It was like, holy shit, we've got a horror movie that's being a horror movie.
3: Yeah, and that was until two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was rough for a while. I mean, there was still some good things that came out, but there was just so much of this, and they all looked so much alike that it just got really
2: tiresome. So, all right, so. Uh... Quick break, and then come back for Scream 4? Sounds great. Awesome. We'll be back in a little bit. Hello, folks. We are back, and we are going to chit-chat about Scream 4. The uh, most recent of the screen movies, and probably the last. I can't. I'd see, say so. Yeah, I can't see them making another one. Um, came out in 2011, not too long ago, and uh, well, I
3: thought they
4: did make more.
2: <laughs> no, what's that?
3: There was talk of and, uh, <clears throat> another trilogy after this one was made, but of course, Wes Craven passed, and then they made a TV show instead.
4: Yeah, I, I, I thought they'd made like six or seven of them. I thought that's why they were doing like stab six and seven and making fun of that.
3: Mm. No, that was just for the film to parody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That I was get it
4: in now. universe. Yeah. I get it now.
2: So uh, Scream 4, 10 years have passed and Sidney Prescott, who has gotten her shiznit together and written a book and is out touring, decides to start her new book tour in her hometown. And guess who shows up? Ghostface. Dun, dun, dun. Courtney <laughs> Cox. Courtney Cox, yes. Uh, Lucy Hale is well. That's first build only. But um, Roger Jackson around this time again doing the voice, and uh, Dane. Man, what's that? The cast for this is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, Anna Paquin, Kristen Bell, Neve Campbell comes back. Britt Robertson, Allison Brie, David Arquette comes back. Courtney Cox. But was Courtney Cox in all of them? Uh, yes, yes. Well, she was. Hayden, Hayden Panaret. Oh, Panettiere. Panettiere. I don't care. Panaret. That's a that's a dessert. So it still makes sense. <laughs> I don't know what you were laughing at there—the dessert of the chacony thing. The chacony, chacony. <laughs> yeah, that's so I figured. But no, they get a lot of uh, a lot of people can, people in this one. I mean, they get yeah. a good even- Emma
1: Roberts, who I was uh, surprised that I didn't recognize her just because she had brown hair. Like, I'm watching American Horror Story right now. I've seen her all over the TV for Scream Queens, and, like, I did not recognize her in this.
3: Hmm. This was her first horror movie.
1: And uh, I I came to the conclusion that, like, I would probably be the only person confused when Superman puts on glasses and calls himself Clark Kent. Like, that would be enough (laughs) for me.
2: (laughs) Wait, Josh, you should probably call spoilers on that. Yeah. Yeah. Next time we get together, I'm just gonna change color of my hair and see if Josh recognizes me. And um <laughs> just put on a wig and dye you? your hair? And uh Rory Culkin, brother of uh Emo Phillips, apparently. This is <laughs> Macaulay. <laughs> yes, I know. He but he just his face.
4: His name was Macaulay.
2: Yes, I know, but he's still kind of
4: <laughs> God.
1: Are all of the Culkin kids actors?
4: Kind of yep. Far as or any of them is the better oh. question. Uh, yeah,
3: uh, I wouldn't say that.
4: I only did for the joke.
3: Tyrion is is pretty good
2: anyway. Yeah. So uh, Adam Brody, Rory Culkin, Nico Tortorella, Tortellini, Nico Tortellini. I'm going with that. It's good. I'm going by whatever it looks like uh, starts out with the phone call. What's your favorite scary movie? And then you pull back to realize they're watching Stab 7. Yes. Yes, and in this one, everybody has a cell phone.
1: Yeah, and in these openings, the whole stab six and stab seven. Uh, the yeah, right before the break, I talked about the uh, hate and the backlash against the slick self-aware horror movie, and I thought it was awesome when Anna Paquin basically said that it's like i'm so tired of this it's just parodying itself it's stupid it's been overdone Mm -hmm.
4: and then you have
1: kind of the response from the scream franchise to that attitude yeah
4: and that was the best acting anna paquin has ever done in that intro (laughs) she sure didn't save any of it for true blood that's fair.
1: I, I actually like her, but I, I would not say you're wrong about her not being a very good actress.
2: I I like her, but I think the gap in her teeth should get credit too.
4: <laughs> like Letterman, yeah, Gabby <laughs>
2: should. It should be in the credits also. So, but this was also directed by Re- Wes Craven and written by Kevin Williamson, uh, and uh, it's uh, the fourth. Obviously, of the of the screen movies and one of the only horror franchises to have all its main characters returned for all its sequels.
1: <laughs> I just realized this is the one year anniversary of Patrick bringing up how crappy an actress he thinks Anna Paquin is. <laughs> <laughs> because when we talked about Trick or Treat last year,
2: he went on the exact same rant. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> that's
3: funny.
2: So every every we have to find an Anna Paquin movie every she October. All right. So next uh, it's year also on
3: Pap, Anna Paquin films
2: the only horror movie with uh, no nudity, well, with an R rating and no nudity hmm. franchise. I mean, not just this movie, but uh, this time the footage from Stab includes the credits of Robert Rodriguez film. Rodriguez actually did direct the footage that they were showing for that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That's, I think, is pretty funny. Yeah. At first, at first, I thought it was just a, like a nod to him that they put it in there, but then that that he actually directed the clips that they were showing was pretty pretty dang funny. But um, a dummy of Tatum stuck in the doggy door—a uh, moment that is also echoed, echoed in the movie's opening sequence—is visible at Stabathon. Audience okay. members dressed as Dewey and Gale can also be seen walking around. I noticed yeah. those. Yeah. Uh, Scream Four opened its doors to the in the theaters, fifteenth uh, of April, two thousand and eleven. Fifteen years to the date after the original filming. Hmm. And um, how
4: surreal would that be? The walking around a party, seeing people dressed as you.
2: That is, or or as your dead friends. That's yeah. never happened before? <laughs> well, everybody dresses as Pat, but that's yeah. so average you don't notice it. Uh, I call that Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did notice this, but a bust of Henry Winkler uh, from the first movie is seen briefly in the hallway. On oh. the left-hand side, one of the scenes is big old bust of uh, of the principal. And this is the last film directed by Wes Craven before he died from brain cancer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Wes. It's so, terrible.
1: did you guys see this when it first came out?
2: No. Yes.
4: This is the nope, first time the I've seen it. This is the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's where I was too. And, uh, I think it's probably because while I actually liked the second one, the third one, I watched it and I disliked it so much that, uh, it turned me off of the franchise. And the fourth one went past my radar completely. Well, oh. and I'm kind of, uh, interested to see what how everyone feels about this one uh, having just seen it yesterday.
3: Well, just an interesting side note and I don't know if this has anything to do with what happened with you know your preferences are on it but Aaron Kruger who is a screenwriter we you know from some other things he um, did some Screenwriting, some co-writing of the second one with Kevin Williamson, because at that point he was full on super writer. And so when the third one rolled around, they enlisted Aaron Kruger to write the entire thing. So
4: I'm I'm imagining a super writer as a superhero. I was too. As his disguise to, to, to fool people types with his left hand instead of his right.
3: (laughs) Right. So Josh Josh doesn't know who he is. He, he tried to, you know, echo Kevin Williamson's style, but obviously a lot of people kind of turned out because I've heard – I know Nikki from New Zealand said the same thing you did. She kind of – sought her favorite, the third one.
1: Well, and I was a huge fan of the first and second ones. I was all in, and the third one disappointed me so much that to wreck a franchise that I was completely committed
3: to, that's saying something. Mm-hmm. Well, this is also
1: that's, that's,
4: that's called the full Jar Jar. Well, that's what
3: happened in Three Ninjas Kick Back. I know Josh too, totally <laughs> took that
2: the after that. One. Oh, there goes Pat. <laughs> um, am I correct in saying in thinking that this is the one, uh, the first and the fourth are the only two that Wes Craven actually directed? Nope, he directed all of them. Oh, he did. Yep. Oh, I thought he was only did that one and this one. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Well, um, I
3: believe so. I'll double check my facts here while you're talking.
2: So yeah, so uh, old uh, God Sidney Prescott, <laughs> starting with the lost. old again. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this time so, he's not
3: wrong.
0: Well, so, yeah, he, it, all three, it's
1: interesting because in this one, like we could go plot by a uh, point by point through the plot, but a lot of it is a remake uh of the original and that's the shtick is they're talking about remakes and reboots Mm -hmm. and the rules for those which made it of particular interest to us at 40 going on 14
2: yeah because they rewrite the rules because i mean one of the things is that the technology has completely changed so now they're what one of the comments was it's not being in the movie but it's making the movie right no so that changes up um and it's not the well and and one thing i want to say Neve Campbell David Arquette Courtney Cox all looking pretty dang good yeah you know all, all three of them are looking uh are I mean they're you can tell they're older but they haven't hit the you know like the uh oh what's his name the Matthew the,
3: Perry stage exactly <laughs> well I would disagree about Courtney she looks like she's had a little bit of botched work done
1: I don't know she looked good in this though yeah, yeah. I also thought she looked like good. you s- I think so
3: her face was jagged mm. did we watch Your the same face movie yeah, watch it again.
1: Anyway. no, I've seen her. I know what you're talking about, like seeing her in interviews and even on Cougar Town. But I, I thought she was fine
2: in this one. Yeah, just being wrong again. So anyway, she's oh, they show up in uh, town again to uh, pour, uh, push her new book that she has written about her being a survivor out of the shadows. Yes, a survivor's tale, and it all starts up again. Yeah, they introduce us to the supposed
1: next generation. Uh, with Hayden Panettiere as the uh sh- in short hair as Kirby, yeah. uh, and then you've yeah, got- I'm a
4: fan of short hair on on female lady pipe types and <laughs> lady that was too short, too short even for me. On What's her.
1: crazy is I I feel exactly the opposite in every way. I normally hate short hair, and I thought it looked awesome on her. I'm just
3: imagining just- her cool. as a little pink thing going around sucking everything up. Wait, what? Huh? Kirby. Oh.
4: oh. Anyway, I was imagining her as Kirby Puckett. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Emma
1: Roberts as the niece. Yes. And uh, who was the there's the other friend uh, that was Britt Robertson, I think. Uh, was Marnie the third friend?
4: No, Marnie was one of the girls in the fake intros.
1: Oh, was she? Who was the yeah. third
4: friend?
3: Who? Jill? Trudy.
4: Ah, uh, you're right. It was Trudy.
3: Trudy. Well, uh, she okay. didn't stick around too long, but yes. Yeah.
2: So uh, one I want to see Stab 5. Because I want to know how the they time The time travel one? The time travel one, yeah. Because <laughs> that was the one they were talking about. Oh, so Stab 5, you know, that's got the time travel. I'm like, oh, wait, wait, don't go, don't be making any judgment calls right here. I think I would watch a slasher time travel flick. They did that back then, in the 70s. They called it Time After Time. Watch
3: the movie Detention. Detention. No yeah, there's some travel, time travel elements in that. Oh, cool. And it's a slasher movie.
2: And uh, you, can't, you can't kill her. She has 135 IQ. No kidding. She's a smart chick. Uh, yeah.
1: And... I thought it was interesting that they wrote uh, Alison Breeze' character so well that as much as I love her, that character was so irritating and yeah. I wanted to see her die.
4: Mm-hmm. I, I agree with all of that, Yes. <laughs>
2: I am never putting one of those chain locks on my doors, because apparently <laughs> their only use is to keep you from getting out of the house when a maniac is chasing after you. <laughs> right. And the same I, mean, I noticed it was the same thing in the first one. They go to the door, the chain lock is on, they can't get the chain off, and they almost get stabbed.
1: Watching these in reverse order, it was very clear how meticulous the script was to have so many references directly mirroring elements from the first screen.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. like like this, several times. Times the door getting stabbed.
1: Yeah, uh, pe- people's wounds were in the same places that they were in mm-hmm. the first
2: film. Yeah. the same garage door bullshit. That w- that was I had that one thing I had an issue with. I had l- more of an issue with her crawling out from underneath the garage door than I did with uh, her getting hefted up by the garage door. Because I can understand an engine be you know like picking her up. You know maybe it's just managed to lift her in the air, but no garage door in two thousand and eleven is gonna whoa. Ghostface. I don't know what that was. Uh, no garage door in 2011 is going to um, close like that. And All of them have those stupid electric eyes now. Yep. Which is why when you try and run in the house, hit the garage door button and leave, you can't do it because then your foot up, it Whoa, tripped again. Me. Which, uh, incidentally,
3: that was Pat's band's name in college, Electric Eyes.
4: That you can't ignore.
2: <laughs> so uh, the alarm goes off. Uh, Dewey's phone his alarm clock is uh Axel F which I think is great and then the deputy offers to uh, have him eat her lemon squares yeah,
1: yeah that was uh, an interesting sort of character
4: but they never really did anything with that I thought they were going to do something
1: well they they just make her enthusiastic
2: through the whole movie
1: well and I also think that they were playing up her jealousy because you get into uh, the fun of the series again where it's like where are the motives who did it is she a suspect because of her obsession with dewey
2: mm-hmm. well they do it they kind of make it that you think everybody might do it mm-hmm. i mean it's even to the point where i thought that you know there is the boyfriend is it the boyfriend maybe maybe not at one point i'm like is it the cops because when they when uh what's her face got stabbed in the house in the house across the way and they're like well he ran around this way, I ran around this way, and we couldn't find him. He must have disappeared in between. And for a brief moment, I'm like, are they bullshitting him?
3: Well, and then there's a scene where... um Marley Shelton's character, the, the – what's her what's her name again? Um, Deputy Hicks is talking to, to – um, Gail? No, he's talking to uh, – Kirby. Ah. Dewey. Rebecca. <laughs> Stop it. Sydney. Talking to Sydney, yes, in the house. Well. And she talks about
2: how – remember we were in high school together.
3: We had all these classes. Yeah. And, and she kind I of backs so away into the
2: shadows.
4: Yeah, creepy scene. Yeah, when yeah. she
2: was standing all the way in the other end of the staircase and they said, don't you remember me? And I'm like, man, it, they did a good job of making you – at least briefly think everybody did it you know in this in this one it was I think I think did a good job of that I liked it and then they kill Then they go wind up in the hospital and how did the how did Ghostface get the hood of the car open to pull those cables out for uh, her press agent who by the way is an idiot in all the ways.
4: But she's cute. <clears throat> okay. You know, I don't,
2: that's... I don't, well, I don't know how Ghostface got into the, well, I suppose he could have crawled up underneath the car. Yeah.
4: So just reach underneath probably. It and would just be...
2: pulled whatever wires he can get a hold of. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy that. But you're in the car. The car is locked. You have the keys. You have your phone. Why are you getting out of the car? You, you know, you can't see him. He may be hiding around there somewhere. He may have given up and gone away. Why are you getting out of the car for any reason whatsoever?
3: Or at least until another car comes because there obviously were some that were going through the parking lot. Well, why didn't she just
2: call 911?
3: Because he kept calling the phone or she.
2: Well, just don't
3: answer it. You,
2: you can't dial out if somebody's dialing in.
1: Yeah. Plus she's panicking. Yeah. Plus movie.
2: Yeah, right. that's true. It uh, it's, It is because it is. Yeah,
1: uh, one of the uh, performances, I'm actually a little disappointed in IMDb putting her so low on the cast list that we didn't even talk about her. Uh, the awesome Mary McDonnell, uh, who played her, uh, Sydney's aunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's uh, best known probably for being President Roslyn
3: in Battlestar Galactica.
4: You see, you're a much bigger fan of her work than I than I am. I don't think she's a very good actress at all. Her acting S- is very wooden.
3: I thought she was very subtle in this. Yeah. Yeah, kind of playing the, the, the wounded family member that everybody just kind of has neglected,
4: you know. Also, unmentioned in our list was Timothy Oliphant. I, I'm a big fan of his. Nah, he he's okay. two, yeah. He's
3: okay. Why are think- we talking about Timothy Oliphant?
4: Oh, that's right. I watched part two. I'm sorry. I forgot. Never mind. Scratch that. Fix fix that in post, Mike. Scratch that.
2: Reverse it. That's staying.
4: And aside from
1: like Mary McDonald's like acting ability or whatever, I think one of the reasons I like her so much is because she's in so many things that I enjoy. Donnie Darko dances with wolves. Battlestar Galactica.
2: I want to get us to watch a movie with her and Anna Paquin and make Patrick watch it.
4: (laughs) And Andy McDowell.
2: I'm in. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I wouldn't. I think I own it. <laughs> they didn't even make it, but you have it.
4: It's no, yeah, so like funny it. that, that I mean. Those are all things that I don't like. Donnie Darko, I thought was was pretentious. Amazing. No, awful.
1: Yeah, I'm with Joel on this one.
4: Yeah, um, Dances with Wolves also pretentious. Didn't Maybe that's like why her. I don't like her. She she seems very pretentious to me. So do you, Pat? Well, I am pretentious. I don't like other people. Are... <laughs>
2: I don't. I look down on them. So uh, press agent gets killed and chucked off the chucked off the sixth floor onto the hood of the uh the TV.
4: And I like how he goes to check her pulse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: After Trudy's killed, then the press agent, right?
2: Okay, Trudy's press agent gets oh, chucked
3: off.
1: Oh yeah, Trudy's the- kill was uh pretty neat cuz you've got <laughs> it- well, the whole setup was awesome where you've got Jill and Kirby talking to the killer on the phone and the whole like, I'm in the closet, dare you to open it. Yeah. I never said I was
2: in your closet. That was, yeah. that was cool. But you know what? When, when I saw them across the way from each other. When, they're, when you see that their windows are facing each other, you kind of know it's coming. Sure. Right? I mean, there's a lot of tipping of the hand for that scene, but it still was done pretty good.
1: Although I did not see Sydney running across the street and busting in like the Kool-Aid man to go
4: after <laughs> Ghostface. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell does she think she's going to be doing with no weapon? No I know.
1: <laughs> and she, she held her own. She was kicking the shit out of him.
2: Yeah, and why did she stop? If she continued, I mean, if she had just continued kicking, the, kicking his ass... The cops would have shown up and been able to get them, but she stopped not, you know.
1: Well, she got wounded if I remember.
2: Oh, that's right. She did get stabbed. Everyone recovered from their injuries pretty quick in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Neve Campbell, Sydney got She, she does kn- a
1: lot of crunches.
2: <laughs> well, she gets stabbed at uh the house there and she winds up getting in, going to the hospital. Nothing's broken, but she fell down two flights of stairs. And then when um Trudy stabs well, Stabs herself in the shoulder, and then later on in the hospital, she's swinging her arms left and right. Hmm? Trudy, right? No, Trudy's, Trudy's been, been no, not Trudy. Uh, yeah, the her um, yeah, yeah, the, I that's that's
1: the big reveal for the end.
2: Yeah, but I mean, she's she's in the hospital. She's took. I mean, that was a big knife, and she jammed it right at her shoulder. She shouldn't even be able to lift that arm, much less smack David Arquette up and up and down the head with a with a porta potty.
4: True. Walk. Yeah.
1: Through the next couple of scenes, we're introduced to the film geeks, uh, Robbie and Charlie.
2: Or as I referred to them, the movie twats.
1: <laughs> well, they're kind of like between them, kind of trying to live up to Jamie Kennedy's character. They're failing.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then the camera on your head thing was really annoying until the, right before he got killed because they all wind I- up at the party.
1: Yeah, and I thought they were going to do more with the fact that he put it on his head backwards. I yeah, really,
2: I really was hoping. I had wrote, I actually wrote that down that the camera on backwards is a neat idea. I was expecting him for like look up on his phone and see Ghostface coming at him, but I think the way they did it was pretty neat because they set you up for this one expectation for him to look at his phone or you know the the backwards camera saving his life when him fixing it winds up winds up with him getting killed.
1: Yeah, Yeah. and, like, each one of these kill scenes answers the questions. Like, you've done three screams already. How are you going to make this clever again? And they still manage to constantly play with your expectations. Like, when the two cops are killed, it's like, which one of them is going to die? I think it's going to be this one. Oh, maybe it's this one. And then, oh, it's both. Yeah. Ooh, knife
2: to the head.
4: Yeah, because it's so easy to stab through somebody's forehead. It takes me, like, six times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote "stabbed in the head with a question mark" on that one too, because that was like. I mean, the skull is not thin. No movie move. I know movie. And, and, if,
4: and the CGI was bad on it too.
2: Well, also, if any if anyone would survive, it might have been him, because you hear about these you know these idiots that want up getting the the power gun nail to the head. Yeah, you know. I did love his uh, his uh, death line though. Yeah,
1: Fuck yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, when he gets out of the car, I'll be right back. And he's like, "Damn it!" <laughs> you know, it's no that. I mean, they they do kind of se- well. Not they kind of, but they definitely set you up for an expectation. One of the cops is going to die, especially after you know after the conversation. Nope, both of them die. Ah, oh, I think it's the movie guys. It's the movie guys. Those are the guys that are doing well. The movie guy's dead, so it can't be them. You know, they they kind of like set up all these targets for who you think you're gonna it could be, and then one by one they knock them down to the point where you're just like, well, I don't know who the hell it is anymore.
1: Right, Right. and I actually found myself believing. Because it's a takeoff on reboots that they would actually kill one of the returning cast. Yeah. Like, uh, when Gail got attacked, I was like, holy shit, they might actually do this.
4: Yeah. I thought, I thought so too.
2: Yeah. And that was a great scene too. When they, of course, they had the the big party, the, the uh, stab a thon, stab a thon going on. And sh- the idea where she goes in there and puts the cameras up everywhere it was really cool. I like that idea. And you know, I kind of like, it was a, definitely a callback to the original movie where they stuck that gigantic camera into the party house, and then she's got the four infrared cameras that she puts around the... Uh, Which again are, incidentally, kind of big. Well, for yeah. For the time. I mean, they've got
3: pinhole cameras now that she could have used that would well, have been just... Sure. She's but,
1: kind of almost Scooby gang at this right. point, a self-parody, even of Gail Weathers, and Gail Weathers was already cor- sort of a corny character.
2: Yeah. Which... Oh, I was going to say, the with her um going back to the two of them we go after i finished the movie i was thinking back to the conversation that gail had with the movie twats telling them that we've got a pair up we can solve this together are you in with me and realizing how one of them was just completely playing her for the entire time
1: mm-hmm. but yeah, the but the
2: cameras around the stab stabathon and her getting back to the truck just in time to see the real ghost face covering up each of the cameras and again i was like well how the hell does he know that they're there and then realizing, you know, it's not until the end that it's uh it's it's Emo Phillips dressed up old old Rory. Watching the whole thing, which incidentally, Stabathon,
3: there's seven films at this point and they're screening all seven. That's like a, a, a full 12 hour day. And how long are you going to have all these people last during seven films? Just saying.
2: Did they have more than one movie going at a time, though? It they? sounded like they were doing a back to back, but oh. maybe
1: well, like, yeah, but like Gail gets attacked in maybe stab two because they're showing stab one as, as we're seeing the party scene. Right. And then they cut to like, oh, well, my movie marathon got screwed up. So let's put in stab seven. Yeah. Well, yeah movie. That's when they get back to the house. Yeah. But that that implies that they got all the way to the end of six. Hmm. if he wants to finish it off, and they're jumping to the end of the series. Once again, I mean, it's still whatever. It's, it's a little plot hole movie. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> the
2: movie needs it to be. Because film. Yeah. And yeah, I know it seems like we're picking out a lot of the uh, stuff of the movie, but I mean, that is one, just one of the things that we do. And two, it is... Uh, it is I I think I'm agreeing with you on this one, Josh. Where it's like you know, yeah, it's just one of those things that happens. It's <clears> it has to and, be that way because the movie needs it to be that way. Well,
4: and finally, minor things wrong with a movie doesn't necessarily make you you know make, not like the movie. No, sure, but I, I think it's got a shit ton of errors in it, and I still love it.
1: I, I seriously believe that they're even more excusable when you are lampooning the bad parts of the horror genre as satire and comedy while still being uh, a legit horror comedy film. So I, right. I think you
4: that's your core concept. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, that's the thing is if they didn't have these sorts of errors that are commonplace in this genre, would it be as true? Would it feel as much like a horror flick? And I, I think the answer to that question is no.
4: It would it would feel more like a like seven, you know. I mean, not like a cheesy teen, you know, horror flick. Or so yeah, on.
1: and you can't really parody accurately something as dark and serious as something like Seven, yeah. where I, without it just being this weird kind of smarmy. Uh, not really true to the spirit and the feel of the original. Where uh, this manages to both be a satire and a love letter to these honestly kind of crappy horror films.
2: Mm-hmm. They don't do a lot of uh, as many references to horror movies in this one they, than they did in the first. Well, I think Hayden Pantieri
3: kind of or Panettiere kind of gets them all out in one gulp when mm-hmm. when he says what you know he's talking about the asking her the questions. Before he's gonna kill Emo Phillips, and she just spews off a ton of remakes, movies that were remade. Plus, she gets
1: into a little trivia one-upmanship with him when they're flirting.
2: Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they fall back to the running around the house again, trying to figure out where. Now, I I do like the fact that there's two of them because that's all. It makes that uno, that never being really sure where the killer is even worse because not only are you are not sure where he is, but he's showing up all over the place.
4: Yeah. And you could never fully eliminate somebody as a suspect because it could always be their other person doing whatever just because they're somewhere with an alibi doesn't mean they're not one of the killers.
1: Right. And it's awesome, like, right before that flirting scene, everybody exits through a different door. Yep. By the and end then, of it,
2: nobody's there except for...
1: Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, and, like, eventually
4: they both... Like,
1: uh, both the uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, both, uh, was it Jill and, uh, Charlie? Like, and is Charlie the, the boyfriend? I think both, so. Both go upstairs, like, independent of one another. And that's a. Plot oh, Trevor. Point. Trevor.
2: Yeah. And while I did feel tra- bad for Trevor, he's really a douche all around. So.
4: Yeah, he was too obvious as the killer. I mean,. That, like he was almost like a purple herring. It was just <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like you knew it couldn't possibly be him because he was acting too weird.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, the other thing I like is my I kind of assumed that there would be two because it's the you know the fourth in the series. It's they kind of they had that the whole thing from the very first one. They had so many things matching up by the end of it. I'm like it's got to be two people, right? Um, what I did like was the fact that it's the two people that you're least going to suspect pairing up together.
1: And you know the formula, like despite knowing the formula, walking into this with my eyes open, I was still surprised by the Jill reveal. Yeah.
4: See, I actually – I don't even try to figure things out like that in horror movies. I just go with it. I don't – but I, from the very beginning, was thinking they're probably going to make a female a killer in this one just to change it up. But my guess was it was gonna be uh, I, I thought it was gonna be Hayden's character
2: um, I yeah. did, I didn't when uh, she started flirting with him I was expecting that to be the moment where the uh, second uh, ghost face came out
4: I no, I thought she was gonna stab him during that scene when they were sitting there by themselves and kind of flirting
2: yeah
3: well but I, they do sorry go ahead
4: no no that no that, that was it
3: but they do kind of take a twist on that theme though in the end where you know in the original the the two killers are gonna in theory get away but this time around she is so obsessed with becoming sydney that she's not gonna leave anybody to take that spotlight away from her
1: right she wants to make sure everybody's dead in pretty much the way they died in the original except the randy who actually survived she decided that uh
2: he had to go too yeah that was harsh
4: i was yes yeah. ex- as soon as she like pulled back to stab him i was I was like he's done yeah and then right in the sternum, I'm like, "Yep."
2: <laughs> oh, the right in the heart. Yeah, yeah was, kid, how
4: do you not see that coming? Yeah, she as was, much as you like horror movies, how do you not see that coming? Because and if of he, China. if he just <laughs> yeah. not
1: well, if that was his priority, he could have like backed out and could have had Kirby. I mean that was messed up when like she's fi- finally like noticing him for real and willing to move forward on it he's the one that takes her out
2: yeah, yeah. on the in Matt mirroring the first uh, first uh scene from the first movie yep tied up in the chair
1: yeah the attention to detail uh in every one of the kills I but was very impressed.
4: I will say that was when I knew that he was one of the killers when he was tied up in the chair and not dead. I was like, okay, yeah, he's in on it. This is really? Yeah, I figured it out as soon as he was tied up. And I usually don't do that. I, Like I said, you know, I don't try to do that.
3: Well, I thought how, it was nice how it kind of brought things full circle, though, because that's how the other movie began. And this is kind of how it was leading up to the ending. Yeah dude trevor
2: trevor's an asshole but still to get shot in the dick yeah Yeah, it's harsh oh
1: and then when it looks like everybody's dead uh uh, sydney's been stabbed multiple times uh everybody's laying on the floor bleeding out you've got jill uh standing triumphant and she, she just fucks herself up yes
2: smacking into the into the uh, the picture, and when she did the dive bomb on the glass table... Yeah, that
4: was the one that was completely unnecessary. I was like, you're already pretty fucked up. I don't think you need to do that. And then she goes to do it. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm like, you may want to rethink dropping your spine on a giant pa- pane of glass. You may yeah, just I mean, mess it up.
4: Yeah, because you could break your back, stab your aorta, whatever, you know.
2: Yeah, you may not come back from yeah, wind Why with a piece of yeah. glass stuck between two vertebrae, too? I mean, seriously, there's all sorts of bad planning. I mean, then again... You know, it's it's the assumption that they're going to get away with it, that they're you know, they have it planned out so well that they are just she's getting so cocky about it.
3: Well, and once again, it just proves that they are kids. They're not adults. Yeah. And when she's in the hospital and it
1: looks like she's gotten away with it, as soon as Dewey's talking to her, I'm like, holy shit, Sydney's not dead.
2: Yep. Yeah. And oh, good. Oh, did you notice this is something that we want to talk about attention to detail when uh Dewey's telling her that uh she survived and she's a, she may pull through that sort of thing first thing i thought was they know it's her and they're setting her up you know like like uh she pulled like um uh, i lost her name from the first movie sydney. sydney that sydney pulled through told them what happened and they're letting her know that she survived on the attempt that they're going to trap her oh. at first i thought that was going through um, it well obviously it didn't, but one of the things that I thought was really cool in the detail was if you listen to the heart rate monitor beeping when she's talking about oh I'm gonna write this book with you with uh, Gale and this that and the other, and he starts talking about Sydney may pull through, the heart rate monitor speeds up.
4: Mm. Hmm. I didn't catch that.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it's really really subtle, but you notice it's just it's doing that ding ding, and when he starts to say it, it they go ding ding ding. You hear it, that hear it speed up on that. But uh, again, um, little details. It's awesome. Just to back up for one second,
3: when she uh, pulls out the boyfriend and they're talking about blaming you know, him for being the ex-boyfriend and all this, he's duct taped and things just like uh, Mr. Prescott was.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: Uh, oh, sure. Not
3: quite as extreme, but very, very similar. And again, I'm like, forensics, come on now. But anyway, so then they have the big fight scene in the hospital.
4: And I'll be, uh, again, like I said, I don't try to figure these things out, but as soon as she said... <laughs> We're stabbed in the same spot. I was like, well, there was your mistake.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Dewey, once again, great guy. Not an awesome cop.
4: No. <laughs> no, that just shot. happens to him like every movie, though. Yeah. Why, w- why would you shut out your wife, the only one that can solve these things? <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's a terrible shot. When the when the ghost face was yeah. up in the upper shell, upper part of the barn, it's he took a three shots.
4: Shot. Yeah, a clear, clear shot, and he misses him three times.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so then one this,
4: time he shot like six feet away into the rafter.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, apparently he's a stormtrooper in another life. <laughs> so the fight's happening.
2: No one hears this. This, yeah, is the security. Only, this is the quietest hospital I have ever seen. I have never been in a hospital where you walk out your door and there is not a nurse or a security guard within 20 feet of you. Especially when there's they're victims of a crime.
1: You know where you find those hospitals? In horror movies. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, because, and, and, because a movie, yes.
3: Well, I was watching Halloween 2 last night, the, the original one. And that I understand. It was the 70s. It was a different time. You know, whatever. But here... It, I don't know. I agree with well, you. It I, have been.
2: I'll go with the excuse it's a little town in the middle of nowhere. Now, why they have a hospital in a little town in the middle of nowhere that needs a six story tall parking garage. I don't know, but it's but a, that's the
1: thing is every time why? you see a hospital in a horror movie, there are just aren't enough staff around to uh, like disrupt the plot.
3: Yeah, yeah, very true. Ooh, except like, in. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say Kill Kill Bill. There's some hospital staff around.
2: That's not a horror movie. Nope, but Buck likes to fuck. I, <laughs> Jesus, you know what I was going to? Th- I thought of with uh, horror movies, uh, hospital. I thought of. Um, the Exorcist three. Oh, jeez. Grandma, Grandma, crown, crown, No, and or when the uh, all wrapped up in the um in the robes, wrapped up in the cloth, carrying those giant uh scissors. Yeah, cuts the head off good. the nurse. That oh God, let's do that movie. That that's a decent the movie. Shit out be, of me. Yeah. Anyway, back to scream.
3: So they're they're fighting each other. There's people getting shot at. They shoot uh, the the deputy Hicks, and she's down for the count. You think they're gonna shoot Gale? Uh, Nev is on the ground. Dewey is, what's Dewey doing at that point?
2: Uh,
1: Dewey got knocked out by a bedpan right after he came oh, into the room. That's right.
2: Yeah, with her amazing healing abilities. Yeah, she's Wolverine, dude.
1: Yeah, we get, the, in this scene, the one of the best lines in the entire film. they like, you forgot the first rule in remakes. Don't fuck
3: with the original. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though we all here have proven that we enjoy remakes, too. That was a great line.
1: But that if that's true, like you don't slaughter the sacred cows of the original, and they turn that Go. sentiment on its head,
3: yeah, don't, don't like screw you couldn't with the have
1: beaten me. I'm the original
3: uh defibrillator to the head, yeah, how did she come back from that? That's the one thing I've wondered because
2: I mean I I Wolverine, guess it would be, we've been over this yeah all oh, right gave, besides her being Wolverine, but maybe like a taser, a low a low lower voltage taser because she didn't know how to use it. Perhaps? Yeah. Well, that's
1: that's not how defibrillators work. That exactly. wouldn't be very effective. But um, movie. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, movie. Right.
2: So yeah, so she takes the defibrillator to the head, doesn't hear the warm-up noise um because movie. And again, nitpicking, but it's it's fun. It's kinda of, you know what it is, it's almost kinda of like they put that kind of goofy stuff in there to go for us to go, oh, there's no way.
1: Yeah, and that's that's kinda of my point. It's it's on purpose in this one. Maybe some of them weren't, maybe some of them were oversights that they didn't care about. But some of those are almost certainly intentional because mm-hmm. they're in keeping with the spirit.
3: Yeah. Well, in, in in defense of the defibr- defibrillator, it is very quiet. It's not one of the loud ones like you hear in most movies. If you listen, you can hear it towards the end. It makes the sound really subtly, but up to that point when it's charging, it's not making that noise.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, I haven't actually been up close to a defibrillator ever, so. Well, oh, really? The ones
3: that you have at uh, like that you see at like schools and things, those have instructions that it will talk to you. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> that would Wait, have been li- funny. It literally talks to
3: you? Yeah, it'll tell you how yeah. to do. It. Oh, it'll really? Yeah, they I have assume, them all over. Yeah, the, they're also, also
1: certified in first aid,
3: Joel. Yeah, with my MA degree, it was it was required, so we yeah. had to learn how to use them. I,
1: I think my Red Cross certification lapsed like six months ago, finally, since it's been a while since I've been in
2: a classroom. but oh. yeah, I know that they have defibrillators on the train. I'll have to get one out and see how it sounds. Yeah, give it a go. See <laughs> you in <laughs> anyway. the news,
3: folks. No? <laughs> so then then she comes back for one final scare, more or less.
2: Yep, and gets taken down by auntie. <laughs> but how does she die? Bullet to
3: the head. Yep brings it all full circle.
1: I mean that's kind of a, t- a touchstone of the series as well is like somebody shooting somebody in the head to make sure they
3: stay down because it's been proven in even in zombie movies that you know if you're going to take out your nemesis that's the best way to to do it.
2: Yeah. Double Double tap. Tap.
3: Oh, sorry. Nemesis
2: is screw you both. That that honestly Josh is one of my favorite events of hanging out with you. Anyway, <laughs> we have, we have, no, we, okay, we have to tell, we can't just say that, okay.
4: No, I think we've already gone did over, we go this, over this the Origins episode.
2: Oh, the, ne- yeah, did yeah. we?
4: Did this story, I don't know if that story came up, actually.
2: The Nemesis thing? Were- I, were- uh, I think
4: it did. Did it? Yeah. All right.
2: Well, go back and listen to 40 when I get it up, the mo- the-, the show I mean. <laughs> <laughs> get it up, Mike. Uh, on that On that note, favorite horror movie post two thousand.
1: Okay, so are we saying that we have to everything before 2000 has to be chopped out?
2: Yes. If you oh. can choose a favorite horror movie from 2000 to Four, now. Right. A modern horror film from the, this gener- this yeah. decade. Yeah, 2K to 2K to 215. What are we looking at? Joel, I'm pretty sure you have yours picked out already. Ah. Uh. I, I I would like to say yes, but then I stopped
3: I had to stop and think for a minute. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original, which is House of a Thousand Corpses.
2: Okay. Two
3: thousand
4: three.
3: But I don't think it's the best horror movie. Just nope. my favorite. Just saying, what's your favorite? Yeah. Patrick. Uh,
4: would you say American Psycho is a horror movie? Yes.
3: Yes. All right, then, then American did, Psycho. I, I think your timeline's a little off Pat. What do
4: you mean?
2: American Psycho? That
3: was two thousand. Oh, it's two thousand. You're right. Yeah. I thought that was ninety nine. Ha, ah, I was
2: wrong. Congratulations, Pat! Thank you. My current favorite, because I know Josh is still thinking. Uh, Cabin in the Woods.
4: Oh, you know ones. what? I would I I I just thought of one. You you saying that made me. Um, I would say probably um um uh, tucker and dale versus evil
1: Ooh, i am so over that movie as much as i love alan tudyuk i think i watched
4: it one time so I, oh, it...
1: okay i've seen it like seven so honestly now i'll go to a movie night and someone will want to put it on and i'll just be like okay i'll just be here stabbing myself in
4: the eyes yeah it's, I've it's just no, mike, seen it. mike introduced it to me I, I, I saw it at his house yeah that's the only time i've seen it i loved it
2: we are having the weirdest day <laughs>
4: awesome, like, keep killing themselves on my lawn. It's
1: awesome, like, the first three times.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, you have to, it's not a movie you can watch, like, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I can watch that every week and not be sick of it. This one, you gotta gotta space them out a little more.
3: So, what's Josh's pick? Uh,
2: Yeah.
1: This is really difficult, because, like, The Ring scared me so bad I could only watch it, like, twice ever. Um... That's a good
3: one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very dish. effective.
1: I, I, it's effective, but I don't know that it's my favorite because I I own it on DVD and I've never watched it because I know it's going to fuck me up.
3: Uh, yeah, because every time I watch it, it does. There's, I think, far better films, but I mean that have been made. But yeah, I don't. And, I, I kind of base mine on rewatchability. What is something you can put in anytime, anywhere? <laughs>
1: And uh, the ones that I'm debating between are very similar in some ways.
2: Oh, I know what you're going to choose, Gingerbread Man. Ooh, Gingerbread <laughs> versus Evil I'm, Bong.
1: I, I'm part way between The Conjuring and the others. The others, I, I man. The that's...
4: others was not that good.
1: Oh, I'm a, Oh, I was a huge fan of the others.
3: The Conjuring, I didn't care. If the ending, it it lost it. Like most films, it petered out in the third act.
4: House of Wax.
3: That was not as bad as they <laughs> said, but it was still terrible. Paris Hilton died on her knees. I. W-
4: I think I will say just to go back to to um to the others real quick. I am a little biased because uh, I'm not a Henry James fan at all, and that's it was based on you know turn of the screw, so
1: sure. <sighs> I just thought and they're both ghost stories. I like ghost stories that have they're serious horror all, all three of the ones I'm talking about that were in contention are serious, they're not self-aware, they're not comedy horror. I
3: Man. really didn't see those coming from you, honestly, that's interesting. Did you see the uh in innkeepers? Have I West film?
1: I have not. And I have also not seen uh, Let the Right One in yet.
3: See, no, that's my, that's the best film, one of the best horror films of this decade, in my opinion.
1: But, uh,
3: not, not necessarily watchable in the same way. But yeah, watch Innkeepers when you get it. It's very much like The Conjuring, but.
1: Uh, I'll check it out. I mean, it sounds like something I'd like. I also want to watch uh As Above So Below, which oh, haven't gotten around to That yet. was pretty yeah. good.
3: And Sarah Paxton's in uh if that sells anything for.
1: you, Well, I think this year will be the year for that if I finally watch uh, As Above So Below and let the right one in.
4: If, if I was picking a uh comedy horror, it would be Shaun of the Dead for for the now, but if it just a straight horror, I would have to go with American Psycho. It's either it's either Shaun of the Dead or um Tucker and Dale for the comedy horror.
2: Yeah. You can even, even throw uh a Who's It in there too.
4: Exactly. Cabin
2: in the Woods. Guess comedy horror.
4: I wouldn't so much call that a comedy horror as Kay. they didn't really go for comedy too much. It was just I kind agree. of a um what's your word, uh, uh I don't know that hmm,
3: I guess you could say that, yeah. I mean, but it was it was not in the way of like
2: a scary movie though.
4: No, not yeah.
2: I have heard that what we do in the shadows is hilarious. I have too. I've not seen it yet though. So anyway.
1: Uh, I actually saw that two weeks ago, and
2: it's excellent. Awesome. It's on my
3: list. So now we're going off on a tangent. Can yes, I just for two seconds, just steal the 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 mic for a moment here? I watched the first two episodes of Scream the TV series, and the first episode basically reboots the entire movie. So it basically does what Scream 4 and Scream One do. It tells the same story again. Um, but it does it with bad MTV dialogue acting and
2: I, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. It's it's. Uh, so it takes out all the good writing and cleverness that we liked the uh, well, movies. And,
4: yeah, it's 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 you know, scream done without Wes Craven. It's it's a, just another another pretender.
3: And it leaves the it leaves the comedic elements out of it uh, in a lot of it. And it just it it feels like if you took a like a bad teen drama and added a murder here and there. Hmm. Yeah, I I I I know Nikki watched it and wanted my opinion on it, and I I may finish it just to see what happens, but it just it's so, it doesn't. So oh.
4: it's like the O.C. meets Saw.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, but yeah, I I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Yeah, so. at the
1: moment, I'm more likely to watch Scream Queens than Scream the series, which I've heard. But about I'm a,
3: things about. I'm a Ryan
1: Murphy fan, so.
2: All right. So there's screams next week, next week
1: Halloween. Yeah, we're going to take a slight deviation. Uh, we're going to end October. Instead of doing one more Wes Craven, if you've been a loyal listener for a long time, you know that we occasionally do a show entirely devoted to the holiday. We've done a New Year's episode. Good. We've done a Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. It's time to do Halloween, the show. Not talking about Halloween the movie, but talking about the holiday itself. Trick-or-treating, favorite costumes, what it's like now. How do you celebrate?
2: Yep. What What's uh, Halloween like now and especially like with between me and Joel and kind of Patrick have you you know have you ever taken the niece trick-or-treating oh yeah see so she was,
4: she was a giraffe one year it was adorable nice <laughs> so were you so uh, uh, I'm
1: just laughing because when Mike started that sentence I thought it was gonna end so Pat you ever taken the Hershey Highway <laughs> <laughs> hey Pat and I, I had candy have... on the brain and it went to a weird place well. his butt Pat Wasn't that a George Lightfoot song, Hershey oh, Highway? I
4: think
3: yes. So. <laughs> so did did all of us agree that that the original one and four were thumbs up? Yes. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Let's talk about before we uh, wrap up the show entirely. Let's let's get final impressions. Pat, I would I would give them both a thumbs up actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Joel, I I agree. Yeah, thumbs up both. I think we may all be in agreement on this.
1: Yeah, because for me it's an enthusiastic thumbs up. Four was so good. I think it. Uh, save the series for me
2: yeah
4: i'm actually going to go back and watch uh the uh, finish watching the second one and watch the third one
2: yeah i gotta i have to agree thumbs up on both of them wow congratulations west craven well we've all agreed on something it was a great run folks
3: (laughs) (laughs) will be no show next week
2: but yeah so the halloween show will be next week and uh if you want to uh catch our older stuff you can find our our uh on stuff on iTunes, on Blueberry, on Stitcher, and our entire uh, libraries on TalkShoe. Like I said, a little bit of more going up on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you now have even more ways to speak to us. You can talk to us on Twitter, looking at at 40 go fourteen. You can also get us on Facebook. Uh, leave us messages there and call us now on your on the little call button. So give us a ring. Uh, you can get, call us at 708 669 9727. That's 708 now wrap. And uh, where else can they get us? Oh, email 40go14 at gmail.com. And we look and looking forward to and welcome all commentary. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jump scares.
4: Ah. <laughs>
0: Leaving the world of musings of a geek podcast network. Stay geeky,
2: my friends. I didn't. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Five, four, three, two. Wait, where's the scary titles?
4: <laughs> Jesus. Uh.
2: <clears> throat> throat> yeah, fucking, I'll 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 put I'll put it back in and post. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, I know. I said I'd fix it in post.
1: Oh, Uh -oh. I'm fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) You see, we use that joke to indicate we're not going to fix it in post. Yeah,
2: no. I for the one one freaking time, I said I'm going to fix it in post. I meant it. Actual time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, five, four, three, two, one.